Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Punching up. A Nintendo podcast is brought to you by you. If you want to learn how to support our show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Welcome to Punching Up, your bi-weekly Nintendo podcast from Last Stand Media. I'm your host, Dustin, and here with me, I've got the whole crew back in action. First, I'm going to throw it to you, Gene. Gene, just hot off of a procedure, but still here to talk about Nintendo. And so I wanted to ask, first of all, how are you and what's going on? Good morning, Dustin, Dagan, Micah. Hello, everyone. Hey. Um, feeling good. Uh, I'm actually still in recovery mode. Um, so if you don't know, I had a, uh, if people don't know, I had a lung procedure last week uh, where uh, it's called cryoablation, where they basically stick a big old needle into my lungs and uh, freeze the, the cells, uh, the tumor cells and everywhere around it. So I basically have a big old crater in my in my lung right now and then the, the lower right lung and it was fine it was a super easy procedure that, that just lasted for like three hours and you know um i was home by like two o'clock oh you know, wow um 2 p.m which is awesome um but the doctor did say that um uh, side effects will, will last a little longer and they might just pop up a couple of days later so i was like oh yeah totally i'm fine you know and i felt great uh, but now uh, my back really hurts. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a sore spot where they where they basically stuck me, um, and that's uh, super hurting. And my throat is a little uh, scratched now too. So if I don't sound great or if I don't talk so much this episode, that's probably why. So, but thanks yeah, so man. much. You sound good. Yeah, dude, you sound great. And uh, again, just uh, we're happy that so far it seems like things are 
are going good. I got to say, you know, you told me about the procedure a little bit that they're basically, you know, they stick the needle and they they blast it out. Mm-hmm. It's modern medicine is still it's I, it's not lost on me. It's like, hey, they they froze blast a tumor out of you and you were home by, you know, by before dinner. It's insane. That's mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously not fun, I'm sure. But it's also kind of amazing at the same time that that's where we're at. Um, I mean, yeah, so. the, the, the tumor is small enough that they're like, you know, like we don't need to like, you know, do any kind of surgery on this because because that would have been the other option if it was a lot bigger. But mm-hmm. nope, you can just go in there and freeze it like sub zero, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, do we're happy to hear, uh, you know, things went well with that. We're happy to have you back mm-hmm. on the show, of course. Moving on over Mama Micah. Who now, I mean, I don't know, we talked about this maybe on Constellation, but maybe out of the honeymoon phase, it's been over two weeks now. So the happy days are over, right? You know, <laughs> here's what happened, though. I'm going to say one thing. We're still doing great, but Colin put away the Halloween decorations yesterday, completely oh. unprompted. He just like took out a bin and he started putting away the decorations. So I'm wearing a Halloween sweatshirt today in protest because I wasn't ready all right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a system. The Halloween decorations get put away when I put up Christmas. And it's partly just because like our Halloween decorations are mostly like the little skeleton boys and stuff like that. You know, little pumpkins. It, mm-hmm. it really can double as fall. So like he left some of the stuff out that was like strictly fall. But he's like, I want all the Halloween stuff put away. So I, I'm a little salty about that. I got my Halloween sweatshirt on. But, you know, otherwise, we're, we're, I think we're still in the honeymoon phase. I'm going to say I think we're still in, in that zone. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. You know, I, I can imagine Colin um, just being like, I'm, t- I'm tired of seeing this, you know, Mr. Bones over here. He's got to go. <laughs> and then he just. I'm amazing at housework. I'm amazing at housework. To put <laughs> yeah. Stuff away. Yeah. That's where yeah. I was going. Yeah. Right. That's the limit, though. Um, he wanted those things put away. So he was like, I'm going to get rid of these. But otherwise, no, I don't think he's going to touch anything else in the house. I don't think he's going to start dusting. But Mm. yeah, if he wanted those Halloween decorations out of his sight, he got them out of his sight. Hmm. Well, hey, at least it's uh, it's something, I guess. But it's a little early. But, you know, those are things you'll work out over the years. Some of that that give and take, so to say. But Dagan, moving over to you, uh, I started. What was it when I was editing Constellation? Colin's go-to is like, we got Deslin or whatever his name is here from, from Infamous. And it's like, you're just wearing a beanie. Oh. You're just wearing a beanie. Uh, so I'm just going to say, hey, you look like Dagan Moriarty wearing an awesome Godzilla shirt as well. Thank you. Thank How's you. Yeah, he did that to me like three shows in a row. And then by the third <laughs> show, I should have probably got, you know, dug down, did a little research about what the hell he was even talking about because I, I didn't know. What's his and name? Then, yeah. Desmond or Deslin? I'm trying to Des. Yeah, one oh. of those two. Troy yeah, Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah, Troy that's Baker. his real name. Troy Baker. Yeah. Troy Baker. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're close regardless. Yeah, I the honeymoon phase, Micah. If you guys, I, I'm just I'm laughing because Colin. I'm thinking like something I would do is like wow, like Helene says, I never get involved with any of the decorating or any of the, like the housework. That's kind of her thing. So I'm gonna be proactive this time and start to put things away to get a little brownie points. I don't think that's where Colin was going. I think Colin was just aggravated. They were still out. But I got to kind of coach him a little bit because sometimes it's better to just take a little bit of punishment of like you never help rather than help the wrong way. Helping the wrong way is worse. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. Well, And 
I also I want to point out as well, like Colin has this thing where he wants all the holiday decorations. We, we got these shelves put in the garage. He wants them all to be up in the garage, up on these shelves. I don't like that because that means I have to ask him to get them later because uh-huh. they, you have to go up a ladder to yeah, get yeah, like, yeah. the bins down. I don't want to do that. So it's like, I'm like, just leave them in the holiday closet. We have a holiday closet. All the decorations are in there. It's perfect. And he has this thing of like, he wants that stuff in the garage, but I'm like, but you're not going to like it on Black Friday when I say you have to get the Christmas stuff and you have right. three days to do it because I'm decorating, you know, <laughs> like first week of December, the Christmas goes up. I don't want to have to have that fight. That's so it's like, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's like, I'm trying to keep the holiday closet i'm trying to hold that territory yeah and he's trying to like push everything to the garage (laughs) he's got Mm. so much to learn it's kind of entertaining to watch (laughs) turf warfare going on it's amazing it's amazing and i heard i hear guys that there's a a live action punching up movie in development holy shit yeah who's gonna play mama micah (laughs) there's a lot to there's a lot howie berry dude You know, I've thought before, I guess this wouldn't be a movie, but I've always thought, I think it would be so cool if there was a Last Stand documentary, you know? Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know if, I was thinking it would be cool, but also I don't know if it would be that interesting because it would just kind of show all of us in sweatpants, like hanging around in spare (laughs) rooms, talking into expensive microphones, you know, and then that's kind of it. You say that, but... Yeah. Do you remember the announcement video that Colin did a couple years ago? And like you had like action shots oh, of him like playing hockey, like in our driveway. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I mean, that you made something out of nothing. Yeah, I did with Colin oh, in the man. shower. Yeah. 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 Here's a man <laughs> just living. I forgot about that. <laughs> that would be the, the lives of the members of LSM. Like, what do they do when they're not on on mic? What are they out doing? Are they out in the street playing hockey like Colin? Uh, is it me who last night I went and got a uh, one piece cards from target and I keep buying these one piece cards, but guess what? I don't know anyone who plays the game. So what the fuck am I doing? I, but I just, existed. I just go and I like, I, I know now I saw those YouTube shorts where people opening Pokemon cards during the pandemic. I'm like, that's eh, it's not me anymore. I don't need that. Then I open up my first one piece pack and I get it. I'm like, Oh, it's back. I'm back. I'm back to 2000. Uh, trying to get a Charizard. <laughs> well, this time I'm trying to get Doflamingo or something, you know, like it's a uh, Do they world. limit those at Target Dust? Like you can only buy so many like the Pokemon cards or is that, that might be over for Pokemon too, but there was a period where. Yeah, I remember because there was those fights and stuff. Oh, I yeah. don't think there's any limits, probably especially because I might be the only one buying them <laughs> in all of Butler, I think. There's one guy that lives a few blocks down that has a one piece wrap on his car. <laughs> <laughs> which uh dude and he has it themed. Wow. i think it changes because when i saw it last time it was a halloween themed one piece wrap Holy on shit. the car and he's got like stuffed animals he's got a one piece license i'm like this guy's legit this dude wow this man fucks period um <laughs> so i don't know I'm, i don't ever i, I don't want to meet this man but i admire him from a distance whatever he's doing anyway this is punching up hold on hold on one second i have to i have to get a little clarification I don't go ahead please please is this guy does he have like a fast and the furious like properly modified riced out car like like a proper sport compact or is it like a hoopty with <laughs> the wrap i want to say it's definitely not 
like super nice or anything. I think okay. it's just kind of like a I don't know if it's a Subaru. It's definitely a hatchback. Okay. But I, I wouldn't say it's souped up in any way. I mean, it's souped I've up with one it. piece if, if that's what you consider, you know, cool. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it. it's a it's a funny thing to see that out and about. So yeah, I want pictures. Maybe he is like a uh, a street racer of some kind, and that's like his you know his branding. He's I like it. He's the uh, the movie water like of of the streets. So <laughs> I'll, one day I'm gonna have to meet that guy at some point. But that's your people. <laughs> Sadly, it probably <laughs> is. It probably is. Damn. Uh, but yeah, this is punching up your biweekly Nintendo podcast from Last Day Media. Thanks everybody for coming and hanging out with the four of us. We have a new show every other week. It comes out for everybody on uh, on Fridays on either YouTube or podcast services, whatever Spotify, all that stuff. But let's say. You need it a little bit sooner. You say, hey, boss, what's going on? I need that punching up. You can go over to patreon.com slash last stand media, where at five dollars a month, you can get early access. And instead, you get it on Tuesdays and then the audio is totally ad free. So if that's something you're interested in, check us out. You can get access also to Sacred Symbols, Defining Duke, Knockback, Constellation, all that stuff. It's, it's a hell of a deal for just five dollars a month. So uh, just, just consider it. You know, you don't have to, but we appreciate it. And then, of course, if you don't want to do that, if you still want to help us out, you can leave us reviews over on different podcast services or leave us comments and likes on YouTube. All that stuff is very helpful. And also you can tell friends about the show. Just the good old word of mouth is always helpful. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Guys, there's a big, big thing that happened in the world of Nintendo in the past two weeks. And that is the Legend of Zelda movie has formally been announced. Actually, I have my notes a little out of order here, but this is this is how the world found out. We have the return of This Is Miyamoto on Twitter or X or whatever. Uh, you may remember this was the, the, the call, the tweet heard around the world when the Mario movie was formally announced where we have Miyamoto himself taking over the Nintendo Twitter and saying this. Uh, this specifically was for the Zelda one most recently. He says, quote, this is Miyamoto. <laughs> I've been working with on the live action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Aradson, who has produced oh many mega hit films. I have asked Avi-san to produce this film with me. We now have officially started the development of the film with Nintendo itself heavily involved in the production. It will take time until its completion, but I hope you look forward to seeing it. 
So let's get in the details. I want to get all the details out and then we can really dive into this. And I got some of that was the number one thing people wanted to write in uh, this week about. So this movie will be produced by Shigeru Miyamoto and Avi Arad. I think I'm saying that right. For those of you who don't know, Avi Arad is a Sony producer and he has produced a lot of their Marvel stuff. So Amazing Spider-Man, Venom. uh, So Morbius. uh, Morbius, yeah. So a bit of a mixed track record in some different ways. I know that I have not seen very many kind things about him online, but I don't know much about him because I'm just not that involved with movies, but I want to provide that context. The the plan is that this uh, movie will be directed by Wes Ball, who really has very few credits other than he directed the Maze Runner movies and... He's the upcoming director of the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. That's the fourth movie in that new trilogy. He didn't direct any of the other ones, but he is directing this new one. There's a trailer out now. The screenwriter on this is Derek Conley, who has co-written all of the Jurassic World films. And he was technically a co-writer of Rise of Skywalker as well. The original Colin Fevereau, uh, that's his name, right? Uh, That original version. He also wrote yeah. on Detective Pikachu, Kong Skull Island. So kind of a little bit all over the place. But again, there's that there's that stink of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> the last really interesting thing about this, and this is one I think of the most shocking things of this announcement, other than it's a fucking live action <laughs> Zelda movie, is it is being co-financed by Nintendo and Sony Pictures. And this is particularly interesting to me in that Nintendo has been in bed with Universal on many things. We saw the success of the Super Mario movie just recently, and that was through Universal with Illumination. But also Nintendo has theme parks theme with park, Universal. Yeah. So this is particularly interesting to me in that Universal makes live action movies. They have the ability or the means to make a live action Legend of Zelda movie. But Nintendo went elsewhere for this one. So I've spoken enough. I've given you guys everything. Let's go around to everybody and just get our off the cuff reaction on this one. Gene, you're our Zelda boy who's been raw dogging Zelda for almost a year now on your on your six Nintendo switches. How do you feel about uh, not only just the Zelda live action movie, but the questionable details around it? Yeah, uh, as a longtime fan and member of the Raimi memes community, Mm. Uh, the Sam Raimi movies of Spider-Man. Um, we are very, very familiar uh, with uh, the works of Avi Arad-san uh, to the point where we're very bitter at him. We're very angry at him. Um, there was a funny meme where everyone was like, oh, he's the producer of the Marvel movies. And every other Spider-Man movie, every other Spider-Man fan uh, is basically Ghost from Call of Duty, just like looking. Just, you know, oh, the- that meme. <laughs> you know? glance, yeah. <laughs> I love Call of Duty memes, you know, like like they, they just last they just last so much beyond like the game itself. Like you forget that's even from Modern Warfare 2. He's just part of the atmosphere now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Avia Rod is is famously the guy who wanted who forced Raimi to put in Venom for Spider-Man 3 and Gwen Stacy because he said you can't just have Sandman and Harry Osborn. The kids love Venom. So you got to have Venom in it. Um, and then so Sam Raimi had to work with Venom and Sandman and Harry Osborn. And that's why Spider-Man 3 ended up becoming such a mess. 
And that's why Amazing Spider-Man also started to spin up this whole Spideyverse that they're still trying to do, which is why Morbius and Craven exist. Um, which is why you get shots of like the Sinister Six at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this. This is, a, you know, there's the MCU, but we have our spider cinematic universe. Don't we? Don't we? <laughs> you know? Dude, they got they were trying to get that Aunt May movie going at one yeah, point. Maybe. My God. <laughs> I mean, if it's Mercy Tomei, then I mean, come on, you know, my goodness. So, so Gene, no, is no, that no Mercy Tomei fan fans here, really? I, I no, no idea. The, the original Aunt May from the Tobey Maguire movies is way hotter than Marissa Tomei. Oh They got her in the hospital bed saying her prayers and she's That's in a little fire. gown. All right. The window <laughs> blows out. All right. You're telling me that didn't do something for you. <laughs> it did something. So. I guess, Gene, would you say that that's probably the most concerning aspect of all this? Is the well, is, that and the, and the fact that you got the guy who wrote Rise of Freaking Skywalker, um, you know, the, the the movie that killed my interest in Star Wars completely, I hear you know, that. completely like decimated, you know, <laughs> like 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 complete sever, severing of of my love for Star Wars. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very concerned. Um, has Arad uh, produced some okay movies, obviously like Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse and everything? Yeah, sure. But a lot of these movies are very like, pretty much every movie is very loud and energetic and like lively, like hoo-hee, you know? So it's like, we're, he's bringing that energy to a Zelda movie, you know? And that doesn't yeah. sound like a lot of fun. You know? <laughs> this movie is, is going to have like, huge action, action sequences. It's going to have a very rushed story. And, you know, the third act is going to be like this explosive finale where Ganon and Link are just like shooting laser lasers at each other. <laughs> and that's going to that's going to be the movie. Like, just just bookmark this and come back here once once you see the movie and you're like, holy shit, Gene was right. It really did end in a laser match with Ganondorf, <laughs> you know. Dagan, obviously, Zelda is very near and dear to your heart, too. But I mean, particularly when I was reading this off and I was saying uh, the screenwriter here, the Jurassic World series, which Mm. started high and then, to my understanding, just kind of totally dropped off. Rise of Skywalker, of course, as we were just saying, is maybe one of the most concerning aspects. But and then too the uh, I don't have you seen the the Maze Runner movies? I saw the first one and thought it was good, but I didn't see any of the other ones. But I know people are not hot about that either. So. How are you feeling overall? Yeah, I mean, Wes Ball is interesting, the director, because he's relatively young. He doesn't have that much under his belt yet. He's relatively unknown still. I think he he's an interesting guy just in researching him because he had very auspicious beginnings. Like he won a Student Academy Award when he graduated from Florida State for a short film that he did. So has a very similar early trajectory to success, like a John Lasseter, Brian De Palma, Oliver Stone, like where they came out of the gate with an Academy Award before they even really did anything. And his short film, I think it's called A Work in Progress, is on YouTube. And it's a hybrid live action CG animated thing. Not sure when he graduated college, but I think he was born in 1980. So you could do the math. And it wasn't that long ago. And so, and you know what, that short film shows there's something in it. I won't spoil it, but there's something in it where I could see something about a vision for Zelda that could be interesting. 
But for me right now, I'm in the morning period for a now dead dream of an animated Zelda. So basically you're telling us the CDI games was is as good as it's ever going to get for animated Zelda. That's so sad. You know, so I have to, I need a little bit of time to mourn, but I think the live action confirmation is Nintendo casting a net for an older audience. You know, teenagers on up. They already have the kid audience secured. They have the illumination thing with Mario. Now it's time to get, you know, cast a wider net in this very Breaking Bad-esque thing of like, we're in the Empire business, which I feel like, feel like Nintendo's doing. And I think, it's a, I think it's a miss, you know? I think it's kind of a loss in a way. For oh did you where's Gene did he did he uh, Gene might be going to the bathroom I don't oh, know okay so I just didn't want to interrupt Good, keep going keep going yeah, yeah no worry no worries I think the anime the animation thing is a weird thing to leave on the table with well, not do, only, do you mind if I read a, a question from the audience here it no fits not perfectly. at all this is from Ace Please. he brings this up he says hello fellow brick fisters sure hope all is well with the announcement of a live action Zelda adaptation I want to ask you guys opinion on it being live action at all. The assumption always seemed that it would be animated, which would make sense since there was a there's a whimsical and fantastical nature to Hyrule. Mm -hmm. So my question is, can they translate the vibe and atmosphere of Zelda of Zelda's universe into live action? Much love, Ace. And I kind of wonder this, too. That's one of the main things I want to ask you, Dag, is that we were never going to get studio ghibli's legend of zelda obviously that's the wet (laughs) dream of all nerds everywhere that's you see the images the mock-ups people made it was never gonna happen we were never gonna get a movie even in that style by a different anime company it was never gonna happen so our best bet was something in the line you know most likely cg like much like the mario movie but now even they're taking it a step further with live action do you think it's even possible dig or and, and as someone who is so closely you know you're your life is animated works, right? Don't yes, you? Yes, it really is. Unfortunately, does it uh, <laughs> does it pain you? Is this pain you as a person? You're like, this should be this. You know, this should be animated. Yeah, I mean, shelving the idea of proper made in Japan Eastern anime is a weird notion. Not just with Ghibli, which would be obviously the dream and the the, the yeah. perfect fit, but there's plenty yeah. of capable you know, iconic anime studios that could have more than handled it, but also with just Western anime. I mean, look at powerhouse animation based in Austin who does Castlevania. I mean, that might be, that might've been worth a shot for -hmm. an animated film and also with a bigger budget. It's not direct to TV. It's not direct to subscription. So that's a weird thing to sort of, I don't know, gloss over or kind of turn down in favor of live action, live action fantasy could be done well. I mean, obviously, look at Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Look at Game of Thrones. It can be done. I think Zelda is a fussier thing to make work because of the legacy of the games and where. what do you make it? Do you make it modern? So current kids will understand it. Do you make it based on the classic stuff? Do you do something that's a hybrid of everything? It's a weird mix. It can be done well. In terms of live action and the current state of visual effects, I mean, it's more than people are more than capable of doing it. I just think not doing it animated is wrongheaded. But again, I think it's it's Nintendo going for the rest of everybody outside. Listen, like the nerd, the super nerds like us, we're going to go, we're going to have our fannies in the seats for whatever it's going to be. Right. So they're thinking about a wider audience, civilians say, right? Not gamers, not anime nerds. But I think, yeah, I really lament 
the choice. I I have like Han Solo levels of I've got a bad feeling about this when yeah. it comes to, and it's not the live action thing. It's the adapting Zelda specifically for live mm-hmm. action that I think, especially for a film where mm-hmm. it's like one and done. Like you have two hours to make this work. It's not a mini series. It's yeah. not an episodic thing where you could build it over seasons. It's a very, it's a it's a pretty massive undertaking, and um. The Avi Arad guy is interesting because he has a spotty resume. Mm-hmm. I think of this. He did, you know, Helm or par- partly Helm, the Spider-Verse animated films, which are some of my favorites. And then X-Men and Marvel and Sony. And he had his hands in the live action Ghost in the Shell and all kinds of. He's the nerd culture super producer for some reason. Digging down a little deeper with this guy, though. Very interesting. He sits on the board of production IG which is one of the biggest anime studios. So he, and he supposedly the ball is in his court for the TV or film adaptation for Metal Gear Solid as well. So he has a lot of pop culture. He, a lot of these, you know, Kojima, Nintendo, obviously production IG, who has some of the biggest anime franchises. He has a lot, he has their ear. So there's something about this guy that people trust. And again, he has a spotty resume in terms of quality, but there's something there where this guy has his, he seems to have his finger in every pie. Sorry, I hate that expression. (laughs) He really really does. So it's a really interesting, and Miyamoto is going to be presiding over this too, which there's some semblance of trust with that, right? Although Nintendo's obviously done the live action Nintendo stuff very strangely in the past. I don't think they'll do that anymore. They seem to, I think the taste and sort of the, um, I think the response, they they know they're responsible for producing a, a certain level of quality now, right? But yeah, man, I think this could go, I think this could go wrong in a lot of ways. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Micah, let's bring you in on this. I want to provide some some context of what I know about how you feel. Last night we were talking about when we were going to record and you said, oh, there's not a lot to talk about. I said, wait a minute. We got <laughs> Zelda. And you said, oh, I, this was your exact quote. Oh, I completely forgot about that movie because uh, I don't care. Strong words. So <laughs> I, I'm curious. What's uh, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, it, this really was just. I, I saw the news and was like, oh, they're making a Zelda movie. And that was the extent of my thought about it, right? Just like, huh, that's interesting. And I, I mean, I'm with you guys on, I definitely, I'm surprised it's not animated. Because as we'd spoken previously, we were kind of saying like, what style would they go with? Would they go with like Wind Waker, like, you know, Majora's Mask and make it scary? Like, how would they actually approach this if it was animated? Now, knowing that it's going to be live action, I mean, they still have like some style choices in terms of like the clothing and like kind of how the world's going to be. Is it going to be kind of more like dark and Majora's Maskish, or is it going to be more lighthearted and colorful? But it, it is. It's like, I don't know, man. Is I'll probably watch it out of like sheer curiosity. But like, I have to say, uh, this uh, Avi Arad man, uh, he was one of the producers for one of my all time favorite movies, which is Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. So, you know, I got I got a lot of faith in him. I think it'll be (laughs) fine. And I 
I mean, people knocking on these Spider-Man movies, of which I love them all. So I like them too. I, so, you know, they're okay. Yeah, they're, they're, I, the, the way they tie, they try to tie everything together was stupid, but the movies themselves were they were okay. You know, yeah. yeah so I don't know. In in terms of like judging someone's ability to make a movie, I'm like the last person who should do that. But I I am genuinely surprised that this is going to be live action. I'm super curious about who's going to be cast in this. Like mm. that's. That could be such a minefield. I have a uh, a casting related question. We will get to. Oh. Um, I want to ask Gene. I want to throw another question to you. Just uh, the idea of this being with Sony is something that a lot of people are are looking at. Mainly just in that, obviously, Sony's a very big company. They are not just PlayStation, but specifically. PlayStation and Nintendo have very bad blood for many, many years, and it has never really, truly gone away. I mean, it's it's basically a, you know, they don't acknowledge each other and there would never be any idea of them working together uh, just because of the whole, you know, the Nintendo PlayStation business getting embarrassed by them and stuff like. And that's what really they Nintendo created the PlayStation. They created the situation which Mm -hmm. gave us the PlayStation. So but. Specifically, we're talking about Sony Pictures right now. And I the, the thing that just keeps coming back to me, I'm like, dude, they they are in not just millions, billions of dollars inter, intermixing between them and Universal right now between Parks and the Mario movie and what I'm sure will be sequels with Illumination. So I was very intrigued by this choice to go somewhere else. Do you think there's something to read into this? I don't know. I think it might actually be the pool of Avi Aradson. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you see how he's able to have like the infinity stones of nerddom, you know, mm. into his pocket. Right. Um, so it really does seem like that he has some kind of silver tongue uh, to to draw people in. Um, I, that's really my, my the extent of my thoughts on it. The, the, going back to the movie, um, people always wonder what story will they adapt? Are, are we going to talk about that later or can I talk about it now? No, go ahead. Yeah, I only yeah. have two kind of silly questions, so we can really go wherever we want in terms of serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I the people, you know, you, you wonder which story is it going to be, you know, and then most people, most people, people's minds go to Ocarina of Time because that's, you know, like kind of the first in the timeline. That's the most iconic game. And, you know, it's has a pretty good structure. Right. But you think about how long Ocarina of Time is and how much stuff happens in that game, you know, yeah. Like you start out as a child and then you become an adult and you're going to fit all that into one movie. Um, would it be a trilogy of Ocarina in Time? I don't know. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Or you could just actually do the first game where you just link wandering around and finding pieces of Triforce. I like and that's that. the context uh, the, the, that you start the movie in where it's like, oh, this guy is exploring the land and we find out the land. We learn more about the land, about Moblins, and about Death Mountain through him as he's as he's walking through, and he's finding the Triforce, and then you find Ganondorf at the end, and then you rescue the princess. Very simple story. I love that. I think that could work, right? I, yeah. think, I think that that structure could be something that could be interesting and magical and whimsical, and you know, really captures like the audience's curiosity. You know, I don't know. Yeah, especially if you're planting seeds for like a ZCU, right? Like that's a nice (laughs) beginning and you can go somewhat in order without confusing people like they did with the games over so many years. That's the thing about Zelda. Like I I just feel like it was always a reimagining, a graphical reimagining, a stylistic reimagining. 
it's just the kind of like the same three characters in a new, mm-hmm. in a new situation. What if the, the, the whole series is kind of, I know there's a proper timeline now and it's kind of vetted by there Nintendo, but it always seemed be. like a what if yeah. everything mm-hmm. was a, each iteration was a what if, you know, I like, I, I love that start in the beginning and it does feel like Avi, this Avi, this Arad guy is the human like olive branch. Like he's the, he's the mediator. I think he was, he also presided over the Uncharted movie. So right. like, I believe yeah. so there is some sort of thing where he's like the salve. If it's time for Sony and Nintendo to make nice, this guy's kind of in the center of that, which is pretty fascinating because it's been a long time. You know, this, yeah, this, I, I like Gene saying this guy's like the silver tongue. This guy's like the great diplomat, nerd culture diplomat. So mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, maybe there is something to this guy. And, you know, I usually don't, I'm usually not that fascinated with the producer. I know I'm very biased. I'm, I'm yeah. more of the, you know, I'm, I'm an animator. So I'm a guy in the trenches. I'm not on the producer side of things. I usually give a lot more sort of um, resonance to the director and the creatives necessarily. But this guy, there might be something to this guy being instrumental in this that makes it work and maybe is kind of tempering my doubts a little bit. But I don't know. I, I just think there's so many. It's like they have to do it so perfectly and they're serving so many masters. It's like, where do you even go with this thing? And it, there, I mean, it's, it's like one of those things where you're like, this is so like onerous of an undertaking that it just seems so problematic. Like you're never going to please a large percentage of the people. There's just too much expectation. There's too many different ways to go. It's uh it's bold. It's I mean we knew it was coming, but it's it's I mean the the animation thing, do you guys remember there was an animation studio, I think now ill-fated Hong Kong based animation studio called Amagi. They did the Astro Boy movie. They did the 2007 animated CG TMNT movie. I think they had the Gotchaman CG movie in production before that was canceled, before they they finally went under. But they pitched Nintendo, and sometime in the aughts, they pitched Nintendo a full-on CG animated Zelda film, and they put together an entire showreel, like a three-minute showreel of how this thing could look, and Nintendo turned it down. Now, it's not the best, especially being 15 years old now. But maybe Nintendo was never going to do, maybe that was the sign a decade and a half ago or so that Nintendo was never going to do an animated Zelda that they really wanted to. I think mm. it's, it's the one property that maybe, it's the one Nintendo IP that really lends itself best to live action in many ways. So maybe they were always going to stick to that. No, Metroid. Metroid is the one actually. Oh, that's another one. Come on. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny just reading and we're going to get into this in a few minutes about their like quarterly reports and how they view all of these different projects in that they are like, I mean, I guess this is very corporate and I guess very obvious, but it's about building the brand of their different IPs and how they all they have like a graph of the arrows and how they funnel into their core business. Wow. And that these it's are the, the things it's that all the games they want to sell about games. the games. Yeah. And uh, so Clearly, they, uh, you know, there's there's ambition for Zelda. I think that I think you're right, Dagan, in that it is one of the ones that would lend most to being 
live action. And I think it also, while all the Zelda games overall, I would say have a, a pretty basic story and that's okay. I mean, it's the, it's the folk, it's Nintendo's folktale that gets retold in many different ways each time. Um, but I guess it does have that epic Lord of the Rings, like potential. I think in a lot of ways, and hopefully it doesn't end with a a laser battle between uh, Zelda or Zelda, Ganon, and Link. We'll say that we'll keep it in, you know inclusive, all oh, yeah, three yeah. of them. Oh yeah, yeah, because 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 the woman is they're gonna MJ Zelda, you know? Yeah, the MJ Zelda. She's she's gonna have all its power, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's bad. I think that's cool because look at what they would they with Princess Peach, right? Sure. Right, Princess yeah. Peach was a fighter, so they're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna yassify uh, girl boss Princess Zelda <gasps> some way. Girl boss sure. Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that. What that I, I am. I, that is a hundred percent what's going to happen. Yeah, totally. totally. Is, it's gonna be it's gonna be a three way laser battle with girl boss Zelda. That's 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 gonna be the fucking movie. I'm telling you guys right now. <laughs> mm. The one thing I guess. Uh, I guess the the last thing I'll say, and then I'll open up if you guys have anything else before we get do these two silly questions, is that all of this sounds bad to me, right? The the <laughs> producer is probably wrong, the director's probably wrong, the writer's probably wrong. But the thing that at the when I think about all of this, I think about what is it, three or four years ago? I can't remember when it was, when we got a tweet that said, This is Miyamoto. And then he announced the Super Mario Brothers movie with Illumination. And it was all wrong at the mm-hmm. time. The, the Minions team is going to be taking over doing a Mario movie. This is going to be horrible. This is going to be, you know, they're going to turn, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, cringe, cheesy humor the whole time. They're going to have no respect for the IP or anything. And then it was the opposite like almost completely i mean there was a little bit of illumination in there for sure at the beginning but overall the amount of respect and the way that they they shepherded the ip and stuff was just honestly i think that the best overall the best possible outcome for a kids movie that is mario animated you know so i was totally wrong about that I think that the circumstances seem a little more dire than that, than with just illumination with how many factors that could go wrong with this. But, you know, last time Miyamoto declared, this is Miyamoto. He was making the right decision. He did the right thing. Every time he does that, I think about Walter Breen in Half-Life 2. If you guys know Half-Life 2, right? <laughs> At the beginning where he's like, this is City 17. Yeah, this is yeah. City 17. I just imagine like like TV... <laughs> Like in Times Square, this, this is, is Miyamoto. Miyamoto. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's got a special announcement. Yeah. Uh, before we do these questions, uh, does anyone have any other parting thoughts about this? I'm rooting for it. I don't want to sound too negative. I'm not rooting for this to fail. And I think you're right, Dust. I think Miyamoto at the center of this, like him running the show, him having final cut, him presiding over the entire affair gives me, you know, that that makes me somewhat optimistic for sure. I think yeah. I, I think it's going to be tough. I think he's up to the task. I also think there's older people like me and Gene who we've been around for the Nintendo attempts at television and movies that were bad. But I got to say, I'm not sure. I'm unge- uneducated what the culture looked like at Nintendo in the 80s and 90s for them actually shepherding these properties 
that were aside from the games. Like I, I imagine that Miyamoto was largely entrenched in just making the games at that time. And they didn't really have anybody that mm. was from Nintendo that were overseeing. So in the Captain Lou Albano Mario period, right? As kind of nostalgic as that is now, it's weird. Like Dennis Hopper playing Bowser in the Mario movie. It's, it's strange, right? So I don't think we have this kind of knee-jerk reaction where we're like, oh my God, this is going to be terrible type thing because we remember that stuff. But I think this is a whole new Nintendo who's really properly trying to build out this an entertainment business. You know, with the with the game, beyond the games, the theme parks, now the films, they will inevitably get into TV. We'll talk about that later with my little game segment. So it'll be it's it's a much different thing than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But you do get that flop sweat where it's like, oh my God, this is gonna be awful. And look what they you not not only that, but they allowed those horrendous CDI games. We look back. Thank God we have them because they're they're hilarious. But there was a period in time where Nintendo was a lot more loosey goosey with their IP. I don't yeah. think that is twenty twenty three Nintendo. But there is something funny about thinking that it could be weird again. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's get. If there's no other final thoughts, I have one thought. Oh, one thought. How you just you got to yeah. put some more respect on the minions. All right. Oh, I no. love the minions. I, I, just, so I can't believe the slander that I'm hearing okay. against minions the minions. Are okay. <laughs> minions are a copy of the serve bot from Mega Man Legends, only worse. Okay. <laughs> they are very serve bot. Well, they are the serve bots. They're little minions that are little yellow dudes. Yeah, they look like that are silly. Dudes. Only not as annoying. <laughs> I, I've thought this for for years when I saw the means. I'm like, holy shit, that's the serve bots. That's like Tron Bond's serve bots for Mega Man Legends. Tron Bond. I'm with Mike. I like Illumination a lot. I'm I'm glad that sort of Mario and Nintendo actually made them a household name because they were always in Pixar's shadow. And oh. I think they do very high visually, they do very high quality, beautiful work. And I I can see them being Nintendo's go-to for for CGs, even Mario, you know. I'm not sure if it could have been anybody else. It worked yeah. out. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the live action equivalent of an illumination is, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> Let's get into this question here from Rion Williams. It says, hey guys, can we get your picks as to who you would cast in the upcoming oh, Zelda no. movie? Thanks. Micah, my first thought, I've been Going back, deep, digging deep on YouTube and watching Filthy Frank videos, I'm thinking Filthy Frank is Tingle. You know, instead of the pink suit, oh. he can wear the green suit. Uh, but, Micah, you immediately brought up casting. So do you have anyone in mind here? See, it's funny that you say that because Tingle was my first thought, but I immediately went Kevin Hart. Because I'm just thinking, not what I would want, but what will they do? What will it's they either do? Be yeah. Kevin Hart or Ken Jong. Either one of them well, would be that, that could work. I okay? love that. <laughs> if I'm thinking, and I'm thinking the Sony element, right? We're going to have like Zendaya as like the lead Gerudo woman, you know? Mm. I mean, maybe we get, now here's where we got like, maybe they throw in like the Gorons, right? 
are we gonna go silly with that? Or are we no, gonna go rock, like Dave as, Batista? As, as you go on, the rock, dude, well, the, the rock. Thing, right? Are we gonna the go rock. like Batista and like the good, rock? It? Or are they gonna go a little more silly with it? There's there's options here. I feel but like, like yeah, my that. casting. <laughs> like, who would I want as Link? Like, who do I think they'd actually? It's like the joke about it being Tom Holland, and it's like, what if it was though? Oh. Like, what if it really was though? It's not what I'd prefer. You know, I I would maybe get the who's the actor? I'm gonna Google the actor from the rookie that like we wanted him to be Nathan Drake instead originally. What's that guy's name? It was like Nathan Fillion oh, or something. Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah, right. All right. He's a little old, but he's got yeah. the spirit. So, you know, I if I'm thinking like who I who I believe they actually would cast, Kevin Hart is like a lock for Tingle. Mm. And I'm gonna I bet my life on that. I I want Steve Harvey as Gannon. Like hands down, Steve Harvey, Harvey is Gannon. Damn, okay, really? fantastic. Just this picture. Imagine Gannon, but with the sass of a black dad. All right, like okay. just imagine that. Like I, that's kind of where my mind's going with it. But it's also why I, I wonder like how this is gonna work live action. Because like if they pick the wrong person, like it's just gonna be weird. And all my picks would be very weird. Yeah, you you mentioned Tom Holland. I gotta say, here's the thing. Obviously, that's the meme right off the bat. And Tom Holland was Nathan Drake. But let's say that didn't happen. I think Tom Holland, Tom Holland makes more sense as Link than as Nathan Drake. I think so. You know, I'd, I'd say that it's a good that's a good bit of cast. If it was him. Yes, it would be it would be the meme. It's like, oh, he's another video game character. But I think it would be more in line. But it, it's you can't undo the Drake thing at this point. But which also, is true. You got Elijah Wood still looks really young. That guy hasn't aged a day, so you like can't. he could work. Stop. I it. mean, he, I'm just he saying it. Like he's still, he looks fantastic for his age. He I really think he does. could pass for like he. You could take him as far back as Wind Waker Link, Please. and I'd still buy it. Yeah, you know, I just shave his face. That guy looks twelve. So you know, you throw him in there. He's got the fantasy, you know, aspect to him already. Oh my god, I kind of love that idea because it's so like he's Frodo and Link. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of and hilarious. then we get sean astin voicing you know one of the gorons like we, we what we really just need is the lord <laughs> of the rings cast you know those who are still with us oh and God. put them into these various roles live tyler as princess zelda mm, that could God. work that could mm. work she's a I good was, elf i was thinking uh the girl what's her name i'm i can't remember her name the girl that was princess peach the voice of peach Oh, oh right. Taylor Joy. She'd be yeah. good. She would be a great. That's the thing is, I think I can equ- equally see her as as uh, you know the voice of Peach and being a great Zelda. Yeah, I think she would be fantastic. You guys are good at this. Yeah. Please no Timothy Chalamet and please no Finn Wolfhard. That's all. Let's yeah. just start with it's too much. Timothy Chalamet is great. It's too much. Like you're you're you're. It's 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 Chalamet overload. At this point, and I know they're thinking it. I know you're thinking it right now, Nintendo. Stop it. I was you thinking. Know, it. Yes, he's handsome. So I was thinking it. Yes, he's smart. Were you thinking it? Mm-hmm. I think I. I listen. They're not going to do this, but I love a world where they have the restraint to not do any stunt casting. Like, did they really? The they're Mario movie to, came out great. To. <laughs> it's fucking Mario. You don't need celebrity voice cast to put fannies in the seat. You just don't need it. I, I love a world where they go off Broadway and just find really good actors. Mm-hmm. It's just totally unknowns. It's not going to happen. This is the Dagon dream. But, you know, if you could just happen. go and find 
people that don't make us think of something else. I want to be immersed in Zelda. I don't want to look at an actor. Like I, I like Mike as, I don't mean to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I love Mike's idea for Steve Harvey. That's awesome. Mm. But at the same time, I don't want to be taken out of the Zelda world. I want, I love the idea of stunt casting because it's hilarious, but just give me just unknowns, just unknowns. You know, I don't want any, I don't want any kind of, I don't want any baggage coming into this thing. It's too important. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think they should just lean into Micah's Steve Harvey casting and just have uh, cancel Avi Arad and have Tyler Perry produce uh, oh. his own movie. You know, Medea's Medea's Ocarina on Time. Uh, yeah, no, we just have Tyler Perry playing all the roles. He's just because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's the new Eddie Murphy with that. So we just have him like playing all the roles, and also, yes, he would absolutely we'll put Medea in there. Yeah, but, but, I mean. Tyler Perry's Medea's uh, Majora's Mask. You know. Yeah, Medea's cinematic universe. <laughs> Uh, let's get into this other question here from Jordan uh, Fugate. I'm going to say that's right. Hey, Nintendogs. I'm sure the announcement of the live action Zelda movie is going to be a hot topic for the podcast. Mm-hmm. It is. One thing I'm curious uh, about, though, is everyone's thoughts regarding Link's attire for the movie. Should he be coated in his usual legendary green attire or go with his new Breath of the Wild ensemble with the blue top and the tan pants? Or perhaps maybe even wear both at different points in the movie. Curious to hear uh, what you all think and keep killing the Nintendo-centric discussions. So that was a good question. Link has had many outfits and designs and most notably a very different design starting in uh, Breath of the Wild. Gene, Team Green or Team Blue? I can see it being both ways. I can see a... uh... If they did go the Breath of the Wild route, uh, you know, kind of doing the first Zelda where he's just wandering around, then I could see it. I could see it starting out with the blue outfit and then ending, ending with 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 a whole shebang with the with the finale, and he appears in green outfit, and then that's just gonna be like the 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 crowd pleaser moment. That's gonna be the moment that you see on YouTube audience reactions when Link comes out with his fucking green clothes. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's gonna that happens. It's gonna be huge. I'm gonna love it. I'm, I'm gonna love it. I don't care. So you know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about that. We have him. I think it makes sense that modern, you know, kids now that grew up only playing either Breath of the Wild or Tears of the mm-hmm. Kingdom think about him in the blue tunic. So mm-hmm. you, you know, you can start with that. It's like, oh, is he gonna? Is he gonna wear the greens? Is he gonna mm-hmm. wear it? Was he gonna put it on the the hero of time? Is he gonna wear it? And then yeah, that's the moment mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, that, so, that's when that's when all generations stand up and cheer. You know, there you yeah. go. Yeah, Dag, I do mean, you like this idea? On. I'm old. Give me the green tunic. Give me the minish cap. I just, I need, I just need to see it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. gonna be that react that Kevin Smith reaction video where he's just crying, you know, type of thing. But you know what's interesting? Like modern day Switch Zelda, like modern uh, contemporary Switch Link, is kind of iconic now. It's an awesome look. I love it. And I do think they're probably going to go that way just to cater to what people know now. I think old school Link maybe is kind of getting lost in the shuffle that modern Link has become sort of a thing. It's, you know, when you walk into Party City and see the Link costumes, you just immediately get it. It's it's iconic now, just like the old Zelda was iconic previously. So... I, I just I love the idea of that's just like classic link, but 
it might be a little goofy for live action. So, you know, it's, it's I think the newer looks lends itself well to a more grounded Lord of the Ring-esque, Tolkien-esque world. Micah, maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Maybe this is going to be a more in the line of the original Mario Brothers movie from the 80s, where this is a modern retelling of the Legend of Zelda story. So maybe Link has, I don't know, green jacket, modern look. They just want to, you know, spit in the face of everybody. So something new, perhaps? I I hope not, only because that would just imagine Link, he's wearing like tan cargo pants, green converse, like just just <laughs> picture how they would lean into that. Because, you, I mean, that's a valid too, point. He's wearing like all Adidas, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, like they <laughs> honestly could do that and it would be disturbing. And that, that, would, that would be like the worst nightmare would be like that they went modern with it. I do. I think that they have to incorporate like the original outfit in some way. But it's true that the new style from a costume design standpoint would be 10 times better just because of the intricacy like of his new outfits. And also, I mean, like when I think Breath of the Wild, I'm thinking of people running around as like shirtless Link as well. So like they really let you customize the character. There's they let you kind of play around with it. Like his style, as, as you could say, in the newer games is more prominent. But when you look at the older games, it's like they would need to kind of jazz up that outfit to make it not look goofy. Kind of like Dagan said of like if he's just wearing his a plain green tunic and like a brown belt and little pants, it's like it's going to look dumb in live action. <laughs> so like you couldn't have something so simplistic, I don't think, without it looking a bit silly. So I'd be interested to see how they would kind of dress that up a bit more like from like a costume design standpoint, like how do you incorporate that without it looking dumb? Because it, it easily could look dumb if they were like, we're going to go over like very exacting of like what this looks like. I mean, that, that could just be a disaster in itself. So that, as we've said, like I'm dying to see what this is going to be, like what it's actually going to look like, the tone, the, the style. Tone. Yeah, there's it's so all over the map and what it could end up as. I, I just I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, dude, I'm, maybe it's the time for the white pantyhose, like, uh, oh. you know, uh, Ocarina That's of Time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I think we could be onto something <laughs> with that. But so that wrap, that's probably good, good place to put it for now for the Legend of Zelda movie. This is going to be years in the making for this show that we'll be talking about it. So I'm sure we'll have more to report on at some point. But for now, uh, we'll leave it at that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But guys, I have 
a little bit of breaking news, which I actually oh. knew this was going to break while mm-hmm. we were recording, but uh, we don't have to dwell on this too long. But the Game Awards 2023 nominations are out. Uh, we're not going to go over all of them, number one, because I don't I'm not able to go through and see all the ones that Nintendo games were nominated for. But can at least quickly talk about the game of the year category with Nintendo having two games in the selection. So we'll go. We'll just name all of them. I'll do them in uh, in the order here on the site. Here are the nominations. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, the mm-hmm. surpriser for me. Mm-hmm. And then Nintendo pulling in two noms with Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So I would say this list is almost exactly what I expected, except I had Final Fantasy 16 in there instead of Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 being a remake in there, pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Super Mario Brothers Wonder and Tears of the Kingdom. I think Tears of the Kingdom was always a lock, but Wonder... I don't know. You know, I it's, wonder. Yeah. You know, so Gene, how are you feeling about this? These this these nominees. Do you vote for this? I do not. Uh, the Washington Post does not allow uh, our journalists to vote for like awarding committees and everything. Oh, wow. That was oh. so stupid. But whatever. Dang. You know? um, so, yes, I, I do not vote for this. Uh, the nominees themselves. Um, yeah. Like I told you, Mario Wonder was going to be a game of the year contender. I was right. Um yeah, I'm a little surprised at the lack of FF16. Um, and personally, and I'm not surprised at the I'm not surprised at the addition of Spider-Man 2, but if I were going to replace one, it would be Spider-Man 2. I think mm-hmm. that is probably the weakest game out of this bunch. Um, and I would put Final Fantasy 16 there instead. Uh, I had problems with FF16 too, right? But I think generally it's just a more interesting game than Spider-Man 2 was. So, I don't know. Yeah, the highs of Final Fantasy 16 are so high. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. iconic high points. Well, unforgettable of, stuff of that gaming. happened out of the game, for sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dang, how do I feel about your boy Mario pulling in? Again, what's interesting, this has happened before, a Mario versus Zelda in the game of the year with Breath of the Wild and uh, Mario Odyssey. So how do you feel? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, so that echoes that whole thing. I mean, Tears was going to be hard to beat, but I just like Wonder being in the conversation, especially coming in so late. And we'll we'll talk about it when we talk about the games we're playing. But I, I like it just being in... It wasn't going to be Tears of the Kingdom. There's no way. And I agree with that. But just the nod was good. Final Fantasy 16 is a weird one not to include. I wasn't even going to pl- start it this year until Colin started saying how amazing it was which he usually doesn't gush to that degree so i was like i have to see and i'm barely getting like dipping a toe in but i had to start it just based on the sentiments coming from him and i have to say dust resident evil 4 maybe uh, alan wake 2 i'm not done i'm loving it mm-hmm. but re4 might be the most fun i've had with a game this year so far yeah. I, I it was just so fun i'm glad it was i'm, I'm glad it got a nod yeah, yeah. I, I always think about, I don't know, there's people that are like, it shouldn't be nominated, it's a remake, you know, and I don't agree with that, but I also, I kind of see it at the same time where I was like, yeah. well, they were starting off of something, but <laughs> it's not like it's just a remaster, they they rebuilt the whole game, so in, in that sense, I'm like, yeah, it should be eligible, but it's definitely Capcom cool. should be awarded for their ascension. I think a little bit. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I, I know you shouldn't really do it that way, 
And maybe if Capcom wasn't trending so high with the quality and just sort of like hitting, you know, but I like that, especially because it's Capcom, you know, I'm a little partial. I'm a little biased, but I, I like them having an entry in there. Micah, I, I'm sad to say none of the, um, you know, Busta Fellows. I don't know if that's one of your visual novels that you like <laughs> or none, none of that seemed to to make the list this year. But how do you feel about this list? Is it uh, I was looking at this. I'm like, I don't know if any of these are Micah games. Really? I mean, they, they, you know, they could be, but they're not. Yeah. Like, I mean, Mario Brothers Wonder, obviously I'm playing that, you know, yeah. we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that more later. But no, uh, Spider-Man didn't play it, didn't want to play it. Resident Evil, too scary. Like Alan Wake, interested in, but not, just probably not going to play. Uh, it, 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 no, this is not a list for me. Where's Pikmin 4? Oh, all right. Where's Fire Emblem Engage? Where are my favorite games of the year? <laughs> but no, I I literally, I never really expect my favorites to be on the list, except for like the blockbuster games like Red Dead 2, obviously. Like, you know, aside from things like that, which I enjoy, like once I, you know, all my shooters and everything, the weirdo games that I play, like, you know, my previous game of the year being like Triangle Strategy. Yeah. And it's like nobody else gave a shit about that. But no, this is this list is it's at least pretty diverse, right? I mean, you've got horror titles on there. You got Baldur's Gate. You have a Spider-Man game. I'm at least happy to see that these games are all very unique. Uh, and yeah, once again, the the mashup of the Titans, you know, between Mario and Zelda. This is a truly interesting list just from the standpoint of I feel like it could go so many different ways. I don't feel like Zelda is a dead lock for this when you put it up against some of these other titles just because they're all so different. So are these really Micah games? No, but I am very interested to see like who actually is going to win out of all this. Like that's quite the list. I do have some good news in that I quickly checked Pikmin 4 nominated for best family game. Mm. Well, all right. All right. I'll take that. They've got they've got at least that they maybe have more, too. But the website is barely working right now. Yeah. Yeah. It took several tries for me just to get to it now. Yeah. I wanted to see who was nominated for best uh, content creator. I was hoping to see punching up there potentially, but (laughs) they haven't reached out to us. I, you know, I had no forewarning, but I I don't know. It's just not loading right now. Oh, dang it. Yeah, we're not on here next year. Uh, We're not on here. They've got Iron Moose on here. Or Iron Mountain Moose, Iron Mouse, and uh, a bunch of games. people I don't know. People make I games. actually yeah, I only know, know Iron is. Mouse. Know Everyone else, people make games. I think I've heard of that. Qua- uh, Quack Kitty? Screen? Don't know him. I don't. I, we're out of touch, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of touch, at least. Imagine okay. if Dustin gets uh, content created the, uh, the award after, especially after his uh, whole recent controversy and everything. I think they would give me yeah. the award and then they apologize saying, oh, sorry, yeah, we didn't yeah, vet, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we should Tyron. have vetted Dustin. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just keeps going higher and higher, like like uh, like upper echelons of society. They're giving, but, like Biden is giving good. me the presidential medal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you he's like, medal oh, honor, oh. you know. And, and then like, he just ah, walks it's... away. He doesn't even say anything. You know, so. <laughs> so. Yeah. Dustin gets well, like 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 an Oscar, and and then like Will Smith goes up and fucking slaps him. Yeah, I just I, yeah. <laughs> damn. Well, hey, at least I'm you know, at least it would be some recognition, I guess, at some point. Yeah, but yeah, moving on up, man. Moving on up. Let's get into 
some of the actual news, guys. And as I alluded to earlier, Nintendo had their quarterly reports. And this was fun for me because I actually went in, as I was saying, and I, re- I looked at the document they put out, which is like the PowerPoint or whatever, where they go into all of this stuff. So I'm going to hit you guys with a lot of numbers real quick, and then we can kind of break down some of the stuff because some of it is just kind of, I guess, expected. But there was what I was most surprised by is what I was saying earlier, how N- Nintendo was really detailing their angle on these things. So first of all, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, of course, just nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards, is now considered the fastest selling Super Mario game of all time. 4.3 million units in two weeks. And that comes across, too, with the Nintendo Switch uh, now being having sold 132.46 million units as of September 30th. So that's a big number. But where does it sit in the context of other consoles? First of all, it's the second best Nintendo console or product, whatever hardware, uh, only being surpassed by the Nintendo DS. Uh, So the Nintendo DS is currently at 150 four million units so quite a bit still to go but uh wow and then in terms of all gaming systems platforms whatever it is the third best overall if it wants to be number one it's got to be playstation 2 at 155 million units that's a Uh, high bar yeah and the other thing too about the switch, obviously these numbers are great, but software, man, they are missing quite a bit of software at 1.133 billion units of software. That includes, you know, their own first party that includes anything they sell, right? They've sold over a bill. So quite a bit of stuff sold in the store. The last thing I want to detail is that they made a really big point to talk about Pikmin four. Pikmin 4 has sold 2.5 million units as of October 31st. And in the report, they said this, it surpassed the lifetime cumulative sales sell through of all Pikmin titles and quickly becoming uh, one of the best selling titles in the series. Wow. And so they made a big point to talk about how they was there was an initiative by Nintendo to, quote, foster interest in Pikmin, which is basically a fancy word of saying marketing (laughs) but it was cool to see how they were like we did pikmin bloom we and i saw these in japan they had these in train videos where you would see like ads for pikmin which were playing all the time like you would i would see pikmin in the train and then doing pikmin one and two on switch and also a greater emphasis on merchandise and i guess the thing that stuck out to me is that they kind of, I think, were at this and looking at Pikmin. And they're like, okay, so we have an IP that's done decently well, but has always been kind of on the smaller side. What can we do to kind of massage this? As uh, one of the other main points they made is that how Switch in general makes IPs way bigger for them. They went in detailed, like you know, Zelda series and how how much it sold on previous consoles versus the Switch. Uh, Mario, how it sold on previous consoles versus the mm-hmm. Switch. And basically, and I, I'm, I'm sure that's true to some extent also with Metroid, that it's just the Switch is a powerhouse for Nintendo IP. And this goes back to earlier when they were talking uh, about the movie aspect is that the way they view this is that all these things around it, whether it's merchandise, movies, theme parks, you know, all this stuff 
flows into their core business, which is hardware and software, yeah. uh, where they really probably are able to make the most amount of money. So I hate you guys with a lot of information, but Micah, I'll throw this to you. The Switch, you know, we're, we're still looking at the third best overall system. Do you think it can have some staying power with a new system on the horizon to maybe get at least second or hell, even first, maybe? It seems like a lot to get within just another year. But it is of like when I'm thinking right now for this this upcoming Christmas, Christmas is approaching rapidly. You're going to have tons of kids who actually don't have a switch yet. You're going to have kids who want the new Mario game. And it's all it's like there is going to be an entire, you know, like swath of families who are getting their first switch this year because their kids are finally old enough for it. They're finally taking interest in video games in my head while I say, like, who doesn't have a switch? As I mentioned on another show, it's like my sister got her first switch this year. And so, you know, that was like earlier in the year back in like February. But it was like, yeah, there are still going to be plenty of people who don't actually have one yet. Do I think it can make it all the way up to like the DS numbers? I don't know. I feel like they maybe are running out of time for that when there's enough people in the like fan base who know that a new system's coming. Like I had told my cousin, for example, you know, her son was asking about he wanted like a 3DS. And I was telling yeah. her, like, don't get into that ecosystem. That's old. <laughs> that Those games are going to be expensive. Like, do not get into that. And I was like, does he have a switch? And she was like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you want. Like, you don't want to go backwards for this, you know, for a kid that's only like eight years old. You don't need to be spending money like that on games on an old system. But it's like and then I told her there will be a new switch next year. So you're, if you're thinking about getting him this other console, just know that he's going to be asking you for whatever they come up with next year. And she's like, oh, I had no idea. So there's definitely going to be tons of families still buying switches for this holiday season, getting caught up on the games that came out. Obviously, yeah, Pikmin 4, fantastic family title, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Like if you didn't have a switch yet and you were getting this for your kids, there's so many games to choose from. But I don't think it's enough time for them to actually like get to that number two spot, you know, and like beat the DS. I don't it just seems like it's too short for what we already know, for what the like more hardcore fan base of Nintendo already knows. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, I guess in, in transitioning over um, to, you know, I want to throw this to Gene now. One of the things Nintendo said in this document, which I can it's a lot. So you don't I, you know, I'm not going to like reference this totally uh, page by page. But in the quarterly report over at page 50, there's an entire page, page 53. And literally all it says is new titles will continue to be released for Nintendo Switch. That's all it says. And then a little later on, it talks about they have a page on page 57, the future outlook. It says Nintendo Switch will enter its eighth year. New titles will continue to be released. And then the last point, maintain and expand user engagement with Nintendo Switch, maintaining business momentum. So I think Nintendo is in a dicey, not dicey, but they have all this momentum with Switch eight years in. This thing is old as fuck at this point in terms of its technical <laughs> power. But it's still I mean, it's it's uh, it, the power level of the Switch is deficient, but its power level in terms of its staying ability and continuing to sell is insane. And so Nintendo is looking at this and it's like, well, 
maybe we do need a new system, but this is not going to be there. I feel like they're setting the stage. They're like, no, we want the new system, at least for some period of time to live alongside the switch. Does that make sense to Eugene? Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, obviously hitting 155 million is going to be a tall order for the switch. Yeah. Um, I still think that it's possible to hit it. If the new switch comes out, it's backwards compatible. But then you see a huge price drop for the old Switch. You know, imagine being able to get the old model for only $200. And how well that will sell. You know? Yeah. And knowing that you're building a library towards the next Switch. You know? Makes sense. It's totally just buy an OLED Switch right now anyways. Why not? You know? Get that little upgrade for, for, for much, much cheaper. Maybe $250. You know? Because this is Nintendo we're talking about. I don't think they're going to mark down that much. But... They could because because that's how the DS uh, sold so much that it saw a massive massive price drop. Right, eight years yeah. in, you can easily uh, drop a switch. They've already made the profit off of it. Come on, you know. Part of me wonders. I'm I'm looking on Wikipedia where they have the best selling you know game consoles of all time. They combine sales of Game Boy and mm-hmm. Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they could try to, you know, try to put this as some kind of, hey, this new Switch, it does play its own games, but it's still part of the Switch family. Mm. And so they can get away with like, oh, the Switch family is the number one selling console of all time. But Nintendo does love confusing marketing. I mean, that's kind of the whole name (laughs) of the game with them is Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, Nintendo 2DS, Nintendo 2DS, you know, all this shit. New Nintendo 3DS. New Nintendo, yeah. So the DSi. 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 It's, oh my god! You know, even just I mean, Wii and Wii U. I don't think that's. I don't think the marketing killed the Wii U, but it was definitely a major factor in it. So, Dig, I uh, obviously I wanted you to take this any direction you want, but that one thing that really stood out: Mario Wonder, the fastest selling Mario game of all time, four point three mil. I mean, that's got to be some momentum from the Mario movie. And I mean, you have the momentum of the Mario movie and the Switch. Good point. Combined. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think it was time. I think it was just time. People were ready for another Mario game. I mean, it's been a while since Odyssey. Odyssey was pretty, pretty awesome. But it was definitely I think it was good timing. You know, I think that was a that was part of it. And I agree with Gene. Like, there's something in this where it would be super classy if the culmination of all this was sort of the announcement or the reality that this was going to be backwards compatible, the new one was going to be backwards compatible. That would be such a warm and fuzzy sort of consumer friendly way to kind of pass the baton in a really smooth fashion and say, you know what, everything you're doing now is going to be relevant. All the purchases that you're making, if you came late to the switch, welcome, it's all going to tie in and just kind of roll over to this new thing. So it, you're not you're not you're not going to be left in the dust. You're not going to be spending your money on something old when we're on the cusp of something new. I kind of I kind of love that. I don't know if Nintendo's going to go that way. I really don't, but I'm I'm hopeful. And you know, it makes sense about selling so many copies of Mario Wonder. Not not only cuz it's awesome, but I think people there's something about what's happening as of late especially in 2023, where people just know that they're getting quality. You know, they're kind of reassured that anything Nintendo is going to be money well spent. 
So there's something in that, I think. And just their momentum, like you said, Dust, and their rhythm and, and sort of being really emboldened by every announcement, whether that's games or otherwise, there's just something they're, they're just this, there's the snowballing, you know what I mean? The snowballs running down the hill, just getting bigger and bigger. And I think people know it. And I think I want this is what I wonder every time a game comes out, like an Epic can't miss water cooler talk game, like tears, like Mario wonder. I wonder each time one of those things come out, and people resist, like, oh, I'm not going to buy a Switch. And then the next thing comes out. So I wonder how many Switches Mario Wonder sold. Because I bet it's quite a few. Where it's just like, I can't miss this. Like, I I could, I don't mind missing Zelda, but I'm not going to miss a mainline Mario game. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. that's, and it's, I don't know. There's something very calculated, but very intelligent about their timing this year. It's it's kind of a masterclass in how to how to do this. And again, like you said, Dust, it's all to drive people back to the games, to the bottom line, to the core business. I mean, I see that from my perspective working in entertainment for places like Nickelodeon, where everything we do for the YouTube channel, everything we do that's an offshoot is still to drive people back to the cable network. It's It's all to drive kids like kids, go watch Nickelodeon. Because I think in our ecosystem we know cable's dying so we're kind of trying to suck up the last vestiges of it before it's gone with nintendo it's all it that's a stark reminder of like it's all to get people back to the games that's their that's their core business and it all feeds into that so i forget that sometimes you know where it's Mm -hmm. like yeah you you it's all to get you excited to go play and um i like that they're honoring that still too and i hope it continues that way where they don't get so multifaceted where they lose what they're, you know, why this, why we're doing this, why we're having these discussions in the first place. I think a different company would have done something where you have the, the movie and then they make the super Mario bros movie, the game, right? Uh, something like that, right? Where it's like, Oh, we're expanding other media. We need to reflect that in our core product. And I think that there was comments in, in one of these interviews that they did about super Mario bros wonder where they they said with wonder in particular, we wanted to reflect how much more fluid the animation was when you saw Mario in the movie. And we wanted that to kind of be an echo in super Mario bros wonder. And you can really feel that, but it's not, like the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's still, I mean, it's, I mean, Wonder is very distinctly its own Mario game in itself as far in terms of how the characters look, you know, Mario has style again. It's, it's great. Um, So to see them do that so well is, is awesome. Micah, in terms of Pikmin 4, you kind of case in point are the effective where Nintendo was fostering interest in Pikmin. Uh, It got, Someone like you and it got, well, I guess Holly got in at, at Pikmin three, but so a little earlier, but it really goes to show this idea of Nintendo says, Hey, we've got IP that was somewhat successful in the past. We're going to make it a powerhouse on the switch. And I think Pikmin four, I mean, selling 2.5, the more than the combined of the rest of the series is insane. And it just goes to show like how they, Again, it's 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 fancy words for marketing, but 
Um, it, it's more than that when it includes products like Pikmin 1 and 2 that are welcome on the Switch and that you enjoyed a ton, right? Yeah, so because as a reminder to the listeners, I had never tried Pikmin until the demo for Pikmin 4 came out. And I got so hooked on it that I went and got the Pikmin 3, you know, Switch edition, played that like rapidly because it was just so much fun. And then when Pikmin 4 came out, played that. And it was, it's like this completely got me hooked on the series. I bought the first and second one for Switch. I'm saving those for Christmas break. But it was like that got me. It, it got me into this series that I had previously missed out on. The series that I had before I said, I don't know if that would be for me. But they do the demo. I love demos. I mean, number one way to sell me a game is give me a demo of it. And half the time I'll be like, oh, this is great. But it, it just was like they totally got me with that. And I'm happy to see how successful it was. You can also definitely tell that Pikmin 4 was geared a little bit more towards younger players. And I just say that because like the tutorial was much more involved than like Pikmin 3, for example. And, and they also did just do things like they made it very cute. I feel like the game is a little bit easier and it also was a little less stressful. Like Pikmin 3, their little astronauts are constantly worrying about running out of food and they say it like every day, like, I hope we have enough food. And I'm like, this is <laughs> this is pretty stressful for what's an appropriate game. I'm not going to call it a children's game, but what's for what's an appropriate game. And every day you're like lamenting that you're running low on supplies and food. And so things like that in you know Pikmin 4 were made a little more friendly. You know, and the, like the Dondori battles, for example, very colorful, fun, lighthearted. It, it is a little bit of a different vibe. I, I feel like maybe they made it a little too easy in some aspects, but it clearly was successful. And this makes me hope that we'll have a Pikmin 5 and it won't be, you know, several years away. This makes me hope that we'll have a Pikmin 5 within the next couple of years and that they'll continue kind of trying to capitalize on this. Maybe then we get the Pikmin movie. You know, yeah, I mean, and that that would be if that's live action, though, like we're going to have a problem <laughs> <laughs> because that that's not going to work. No. But that that they really could expand into so many different avenues. Now they're going for this whole like cinematic thing. I mean, a Pikmin movie, it's got minions all over it. That could work. Oh, yeah. Don't bad. say that. Don't don't <laughs> don't combine those things, please. So anyway, Nintendo is doing really well. Obviously, and they, uh, you know, I think the thing right now, just to, you know, kind of cap this off is just thinking uh, Nintendo's doing really well. They've got so much momentum in so many different angles and they're they are really it's funny. You wouldn't think I guess you would making a new console is, I think, a very, very risky move for them. But it's one that I think is, you know, necessary for a lot of their their core audience obviously they've got a lot of people that aren't going to care about the power factor but at some point they got to bite bite the bullet and you know move people over to a new platform they've held out for seven years now which is insane uh in modern terms of of console lifespan so uh yeah check out that dude i gotta say to every uh, everyone in the audience if you're curious check out the actual quarterly report because it sounds boring as fuck. Like who wants to read a quarterly report from a giant corporation? I somehow they've even Nintendo affied that in that it's, you know, very clear and concise and, and really can give you a lot of insight to how they view all the different arms of their business. The user Nintendo font too is very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I like that. That the visual stand. I mean, yeah. has I would argue. I mean, has Nintendo ever gone out like sunset at a console generation with this much power, like being this on top? I'm not sure. No, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You're right. I Maybe yeah. NES to Super yeah, Nintendo. Maybe since, since I feel early like 90s, should, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I feel no, like they, never, they should have never yeah. let this. Well, I mean, Super Nintendo was pretty dominant, honestly, too. So yeah, mm. yeah. well, and I with NES they really were pushed by getting pushed by Sega at that point where mm, they yeah. kind of were, they were on shaky ground where, I mean, right, right now That's with true. switch, That's it's true. just, it's crazy there. And it's not like we either, because I mean, we started insane. And then by the end, people were tired of, you yeah. know, shovelware garbage and motion controls. So yes. shovelware for sure. <laughs> I think you're right, Dang, that this is a pretty unique situation. Yeah, they're pretty high up rolling into the next thing. I mean, if they take that strength with them and, you know, carry that over to the next thing, it's it's going to be gangbusters. I mean, I can't imagine that going badly as long as the next thing's good. And they, they I, I feel like they're in the position to do something like make it backwards compatible, too, because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're they wouldn't balk at that for financial reasons right now, I don't think. You know, why not roll over some of that some of that good look? It's a, it would just be a good look you know, a favorable look for them. It's fun fun to think what's next. Moving on to number two, I'll just read this one. Unless you guys have something uh, particular to say, Uh, the final Mario Kart eight booster course pass is out. This is wave six. The reason I wanted to write this up was these, this lineup of new characters, which is funky Kong, Diddy Kong, Pauline and Peachette will be joining, which who the fuck is Peachette? Peachette <laughs> is Peachette. I'm looking Peach's it up. little sister. Oh, maybe. Is this a, a Rick situation that we don't know the origin of Peachette? I don't know. I was like, what? I have no idea. We don't need a mini. It's not baby Peach. Let's see. Wait, Peachette is a unique form of Toadette obtained by grabbing the super crown in New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. As her name implies, it turns Toadette into a lookalike of Peach. Oh, I see. So she has little like toad that. pigtails and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Cute. Okay. All right. It's, it's enough. It's Mario it's Kart. I it's mean, a throwaway character. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm adding Funky Kong was enough. All right. Oh, That's yeah. really all they needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the new courses in Wave 6 are as follows. We Rainbow Road, uh, Madrid Drive, which is from Mario Kart Tour, DK Mountain from Double Dash, Daisy Circuit from Wii, Piranha Plant Cove from Tor, Bowser's Castle 3, or just Bowser Castle 3 from Super Mario Kart, uh, Rome Avanti from Tor, and Rosalina's Ice World from Mario Kart 7. This is the final wave of the Mario Kart 8 booster course. They have added 48 courses to the game. No Flower Kingdom? What is no, going on? I don't know if it's in one of the older ones. I mean, there's so many now. Oh, maybe, maybe. But yeah, because I actually, I when I saw this announcement, and I completely misunderstood, and I thought it was saying that Wave 6 was adding 48 courses, and I was like, good oh, lord, yeah, yeah. you're just <laughs> dumping them all in. I was, I was like, oh my god. Can we like, just get a new game? This has such Street Fighter 2 energy for me at this point. I mean, uh, two I, additions ago, yeah. I was like, come on. Because 
I have refused to buy it for Switch because I have, you know, Mario Kart for Wii U. And I'm like, I'm not buying this game again until you make me a new one. All right. Like this doesn't count. It's not a new game. All you're doing is just like you put it on Switch and then you're just adding a bunch of DLC. But it's like, I'll play the Wii U one if I really want to play Mario Kart. Like I'm not buying this for full price. I will wait until they actually make a new Mario Kart. Please give us a new one. And I'm hoping that they bring back Double Dash mechanics because that's the best Mario Kart they ever made. Mm, That's fun. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Mario Kart F Zero. Come on, just just combine the two things, and we get a new Mario Kart, and we get something F Zero. Well, on, that's a gift. Here's a the question, Dag. Yeah, we saw how Nintendo, no pun intended, laid the seeds of Pikmin to make it a powerhouse. Mm. Yes, we have F Zero ninety nine right now. I think it's in the offing for the new console. Could that be them laying the seeds, you know, for I think so for F-Zero to be a powerhouse IP once again? I hope so. It's time. It's been time for many years, you know, and I do. I like what they're doing with things like Pikmin, where they're taking that quote unquote secondary IP and boosting it, you know, making it more important, more relevant, uh, showing it to more people. You know, it's uh, it makes sense. It can't be all Mario and Zelda. Yeah, can't. Moving on to number three, it's time for some console wars talk. Talk about Xbox and Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer, he was recently being interviewed by Famitsu, which is a Japanese publication. Uh, He said that he considers Nintendo users, quote, part of the Xbox community. This was a translation from Nintendo Life, and I'll read the quote here. Just as we think as of ROG Ally and Steam Deck as part of the Xbox community, we need to think of the many Nintendo Switch and PlayStation users as part of the Xbox community in the future. Similarly, we think it's important to make sure that everyone who continues to play Xbox games, including those who play Game Pass on PC, feel equal in the community. There's a lot of work to be done. So we don't need to get into this too much but i did find this interesting and and maybe a little bit that we can read into and just that uh i found it weird first of all phil spencer that he's like oh yeah the nintendo users are part of the xbox community it's like no they're not what what have you done other than buy companies that now release games on switch if xbox game pass was on switch then sure but maybe this is a hint of things to come Gene, do you think it, I'm over reading into some of what Phil Spencer's saying here? No, I'm like, stop trying to buy Nintendo, Phil. Stop trying to buy Nintendo, <laughs> Phil. Stop it. He's, he's stop thinking about it. it. He's like, hey. Stop it. I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds like like lip service. He's just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to release, you know, he's just, he's just talking about Minecraft or whatever. Like I, like, I saw that quote and I was like, this is a nothing quote, you know? Yeah. It's like. Like very, very like political, you know, very political and just says nothing, you know? Yeah. So, Dig, in the past, Phil, uh, Phil went around, made an agreement that Call of Duty would come to switch Mm. at some point as well uh, with all the, you know, acquisition talk, which we've managed to pretty much avoid on on this show. But I don't know, is it a bit presumptuous to say Nintendo Switch users are part of the Xbox community? I mean, come on, this is fair. This is fair weather, Phil, right? You want a piece of this Nintendo success. Would he be making these comments if this was like last gasp Wii U Nintendo? No, he waited till like they're back on top. Now, now all of a sudden we're we're best we're gonna be besties. 
you know, it's come on, man. This yeah. is a this is a this is a tra- very as transparent as it gets. You want a piece of the Nintendo Pie now that you know they're back on top. It's ugly. Stop yeah. it. Micah, I think it could be possible. I, I obviously we've been kind of negative on this, but I think there could be something to read into that Phil has always made it clear that he wants Game Pass everywhere. And maybe this is a thing where uh, maybe on the next switch, if there's like better <laughs> Wi-Fi or connection or something <laughs> that we could see a streaming version of Xbox Game Pass on switch. And that's what he's talking about is that we need to consider this c- kind of in a future speak. And you're Micah, you're also, you know, probably of the the four of us, the most Xbox forward overall. That's true. So you're you're already part of both communities. Yeah. And first of all, we don't call him Phil Spender for nothing. Oh, all right. <laughs> I I do think that. Yeah. Is it his long term goal? I never to see heard Game Pass? That that's Oh, that's what I call him. <laughs> I funny. make memes about oh my God. <laughs> that nobody sees except for me and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so it's like, is it like the long term goal of Xbox maybe to see Game Pass on every console? Probably. But as you mentioned, Dustin, it's like, is Switch powerful enough for some of these games? Probably not. You know, this would definitely be a future goal. I also just kind of saw his statement from the angle of, like, you know, it's saying like, oh, PlayStation users are part of the community. And part of me just sees it as we're trying to sell to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like part of me just sees that as we're not taking these people in other communities as, you know, a write off. They're like, oh, like we've, we've lost those users. It's like, no, we are actively still going to try and get these people somehow, whether it's by acquiring every company that they like and putting those games exclusively on Game Pass and we'll get them in the end. For me, part of that was also just saying like, yeah, we're not done trying to sell to these people. We're not done trying to get people over to the Xbox community either. That PlayStation and Nintendo users are still our potential customers. And that's like, you know, in what Gene said of a very long-winded way to say almost nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, because the goal of every company is to acquire new users. The goal of every company is to make as many sales as possible to can, to win over customers from other, you know, sides of the communities and everything. So I don't really think he's saying much, but I I do. I mean, you have to kind of read into it and say, is this a hint at Game Pass on Switch in the future? Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but what did we say, you know, like, yeah, the billion people in India, they're part of the Lassan media family. Of course, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, welcome to come, come on in. over. Patreon.com slash Lassan media India, you know, to come on over everybody in Southeast Asia and China. What's that island where they'll shoot arrows at you if you approach it on a boat? They're part of our community as well. All right. The five dollar tier, guys. Come on. All right. Uh, final news item number four: Nintendo President uh, Shintaro Furukawa has denied Switch Two rumors. This was also during the financial call from earlier. He weighed in. Uh, this was translated by Nintendo Everything. He said, "Quote: The rumors online that appear to be public information are not accurate." <laughs> and apparently, he was specifically referring to the reports about the Switch Two being shown behind closed doors at Gamescom. Specifically, it was talk about that Matrix Awakens, the Unreal 5 demo being played on whatever this new Switch is, along with an upgraded version of Breath of the Wild. 
He also mm-hmm. went on to comment and said uh, about the patents that we talked about last week, the, the triple screen patent. And he said, quote, we applied for a, a patent knowing the information would be made public. This does not necessarily mean we plan to equip future products with this, which is what we said last week, that it very well could be nothing. But Paul Warren writes in an interesting dilemma who says, says uh, Bobby Kotick claims he played the Switch 2, but Nintendo denies it. Who is lying? Someone's lying here. Gene, have you ever talked to Bobby and do you think he's lying? You always have talked to random people, so I'm just assuming you've talked to Bobby. Yeah, no, I've actually, but Bobby Kotick is somebody I've never spoken to or, or know. Okay. You know, the only person, uh, Mike Ibarra knows who I am over at, mm. over at Blizzard. Um, but no, I don't know the Bobby Kotick side of it. He's, uh, he's probably telling the truth, you know? I, I don't see why he would lie. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I heard, I think it was someone on digital foundry maybe not though i'm sorry someone on the internet was saying that nintendo has done this in the past where they're like oh no no that's not true yeah and it definitely was true they're totally fine with lying about shit like this and that makes sense totally to me from a business perspective but uh but yeah so i think uh dagan do you think this just has to do with them they're they kind of want to have their cake and eat it too they're like hey your Nintendo account will carry over. Don't worry. Keep buying stuff. Right. We are. We're we're thinking about doing something. Uh, but no, no, no. Anything you heard isn't true. Keep buying Nintendo Switch stuff for the time being. You know, they want to have it both both ways in terms of that. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have to keep they have to keep feeding the 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 monster. Right. They have to keep they have to stay afloat. They have to stay in the black. They're transitioning. They have to keep that momentum going. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's why it would be really classy to think like everything I'm doing now is not going to translate to the next console era, you know, which is which is weird because it's that would be a weird look because it's it's expensive. You know what I mean? It's expensive to be spending money on things that are going to be obsolete or at least that's going to be the past generation. What I wonder about is people in the industry, like this guy specifically, why would they say things like that? Like, why would you arouse Nintendo's ire? But I think there's something else to it. I think Nintendo embraces this sort of no publicity is bad publicity thing. In other words, I think they encourage people to do shit like that. Because all they have to go, all they have to say is like, no, we didn't, you know? And there, there, I, I always envision like maybe there's a conversation even before any of this hits the internet where it's like, just go ahead and say you did it. And then we're going to say, no, you didn't. You know what I mean? Like it's actually, it's all preconceived, you know, in order to keep the conversation going in order, because they're notoriously secretive. They got their cards pressed tight to their chest all the time. We know that. I wouldn't be surprised. I know this, this has come up for Nintendo in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of develop these false patents just to throw people off the scent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this is not what we're going to do, but they're going to think this is what we're going to do. That type of trickery and just to keep people talking, which is smart business, actually. And just kind of uh, stick to that, adhere to that, I don't know, that model of mystique where it's like, just get get people talking, but they're talking in circles. We're never really going to give them any answers. But if they're talking about it, we're relevant. And just keep that going until we announce the next thing. This way, they're always, you know, they're always on the main stage. They're always in the news. And I, I, I can't help but think it's premeditated with them. 
I like to think that it is because it has this kind of, uh, I don't know, I want to say sinister aura, but this kind of aura of like, you know, like let them talk. We're not going to give them, we're not going to actually give any information that's of any, you know, that's going to mean anything until we're ready. So in the meantime, just let the conversation go in, in, in this cyclical thing. I don't know. It's crazy. I think they're so entertaining the way they do shit. Because I don't think anybody, I don't think this guy would defy Nintendo publicly unless it was this kind of preordained thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I think with their history of, of lying about things in order to to protect themselves that makes sense to me that they're just they're just lying i mean mike have you ever heard of a corporation lying i mean it's not like it's the most wild thing you've ever heard right yeah no i mean really because when you look at this and it's like who who do i trust more and it's like the reality is that it's like a probably think you know bobby Kodak's telling the truth in that especially when we talk about you know the like possibility of Call of Duty coming to the Switch, for example. Mm. And it's like, well, who on that side would know about things like that? <laughs> and who would you have talked to in regards to like, oh, we want to bring Call of Duty over to the Switch? I mean, like who's going to be involved in a discussion like that? Who's going to be involved in like reviewing the hardware to see if it's possible so that you don't have, you know, a Mortal Kombat situation where the game is like a potato. So mm. it just is like, who would have that type of information? It's like Bobby, so I don't, I don't really doubt him on this. I would totally say, though, it's like, yeah, Nintendo is the type to just be like, no, that didn't happen. And it's because it didn't happen on the public record. So they think they're OK to say, like, it didn't happen. But I, I, I believe it. So that's it for the news. Sorry, my notes got moved. OK, we do have some quickies. I'm going to read through these. Quick. I'm going to read the quickies quick mm-hmm. because I want to make sure we're going to get to. Dagan's segment and along with uh, we'll talk about what we've been playing the quickies are Tears of the Kingdom has won Nintendo Game of the Year at the Golden Joystick Awards so first award for that game there's a new bundle uh, not for a console but for a game and some accessories the Super Mario Party bundle includes red and blue Joy-Cons with the game it's $99 but the game is a download code. So for you physical purists out oh. there, you might want to stay away. And you also might want to stay away because Super Mario Party is not that good by the Super Mario. The part, the one that includes all the the mix of all the old levels. Super that stars, one's right. Superstars. That one is way, way better. Next, uh, Kevin Afghani. We've talked about him. He is the new voice of Mario. Well, it turns out he's also the voice, of course, of Wario in WarioWare Move It just released. So sounds like he's going to be taking on all the roles that Charles Martinet did before. Nice. Last but not least, there are some new Nintendo Switch online games, Castlevania Legends, Devil World and the mysterious uh, Marasame Castle. Uh, So if you're interested in any of those, that Castlevania one, I didn't I always have heard about uh, Kid Dracula. Oh, on, so good on the game, but I've never played it, but I didn't know there was another one with Castlevania Legends. Yeah, I haven't played so, that one. So, yeah, that's available now. Some spooky games, I think, for the uh, the end of October. Dagan, we've been so hot and heavy with news, <sighs> with uh, details, rumors, lies, sales data. <laughs> 
Give us a reprieve right now. All right. So I have a brisk little segment to you guys, and it's tied in with everything going on with Nintendo. So, you know, as we all know, we're clearly in this era of nonstop Nintendo momentum, right? 2023 is the year, year that just keeps giving. If you're a Nintendo fan, we're barely enjoying the latest thing before they're announcing the next thing. It's almost too much. It's actually making me nervous. Like I'm playing Mario Wonder like, and half of it's like, because Mario RPG is coming out. I got to have my plate clear for this. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. It's good for Nintendo. It's good for us, but it's also kind of nerve wracking. But in this spirit of thinking ahead as Nintendoers, right? I'm wondering now, and of course, the major point of conversation being the Zelda movie. Now we know we're getting this. We, we, we knew this was going to be next. We pretty much assumed this was going to be the next bit, but now I can't help but think now I'm trained. I'm in this whole, I'm in this whole mindset of what's next, you know? And inevitably I think we're going to see Nintendo announcing that they're headed to TV in some capacity, episodic, nature subscription services whatever but i'm wondering for you guys and you could take this wherever you want it when i hand you the baton what's after zelda you know do we do this is nintendo gonna cook up this preschool animal crossing animated series for nickelodeon i could see that happening they're casting their net to all age groups right i thought of a fun kirby thing guys i thought of what if we do a kirby live action thing hear me out preschool Sort of people in costumes, yo gabba gabba style. Oh. This could be. This could also apply to Pikmin, Mike. I'm not sure, but what really what I'm thinking, if you think logically, what could be next for them? I think they could go back to Nintendo, the, the, the Mario well in some capacity, but maybe they're going to go to this direct to subscription TV CG animated Metroid miniseries not something episodic i think metroid has too much mystique for that something that could be six episodes or eight episodes half hours i could see them doing a cg animated thing sort of tell samus's story with ridley mother brain however you want to take it maybe tie in the prime series whatever right so micah and this is kind of johnny on the spot i didn't give you guys much notice but if you had your preference or if you're just making a prediction what's next for nintendo entertainment outside of the video games where are they going next what ip are they going to lean on i don't know however you want to take it yeah my first thought is children's programming and honestly taking it in like a sesame street style show but nintendo characters you have yoshi doing his arts and crafts you know pulling from like yoshi's woolly world yoshi's crafted world Mm. you have yoshi's arts and crafts section where like they show the kids how to do some simple homemade craft finger painting whatever that little shit that they do all day you have that and then yeah i mean kirby like you could be super cute we have kirby's counting game i mean whatever alliteration they want to pull from kirby you know he's counting the pies as he sucks them into his gullet like there's just but that's what I actually do picture is like Nintendo branching out into sort of that field of we could take our whole, you know, hodgepodge of characters here and make some sort of Sesame Street-esque like show 
you know, a little variety show, maybe have a little thread of a story in each episode. Like, you know, on Sesame Street, it's like, oh, I almost got to go to the doctor or like Mr. Hooper died. And so it's like in this one, it's going to be like, oh, you know, like Lockie Two fell off his cloud and hit his head and we got to do something about it. So like. Sounds like you're describing the, the, the Super Mario Super Show. They're and I've never seen 90s. that, so it's, it's I haven't seen it. It's very similar where Mario and Luigi, they're like, oh, Mar- Mario, we, we got a leak, we got to fix this one. And it's like, oh, Goomba's over here and doing this or whatever like that. And it between to be cartoons. But then, like, you know, different characters would show up, like Sesame Street, and they'd be like, oh, Mario, Luigi, what's up today? You know, well, today I'm doing <laughs> I this. I watch you know? that again. It was kind of similar like, to that, actually. But I, 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 I think perfect. we can bring him back, though, for sure. No, this is that. And that's exactly. They just need to do that. They've mm-hmm. done it before. They can do it again and better. So that that's where I'm going with this. You have Rosalina's like storybook hour. Yeah. All right, and she's got a little star flying around, and they read you like a quick little story or something. Like they really could. I, I'm selling them this idea right now. Like I think they could you do got this. something with this. <laughs> yeah, I like the mashup of IP. I like the short segments. I like the integrated animation and some live action. Like. Educate. It's educational. Doesn't yes. have to really be educational. We'll just say that. Just got to be trippy. <laughs> just like yeah, Sesame you just got to sell it. <laughs> Mike, I think you got something with this. Dust, what about you? Where Where are you going with? It? I mean, you could go in yeah. any direction. It could be any. It could be for any age group. It could be. Who knows? Maybe they do another feature before they turn the TV. I don't know. I've got. Well, one suggestion with two different IP. You know what it is. It's got to be some anime with the IP. And this is just, it's obvious. It's time for a Fire Emblem anime. Uh, you know? Hell yeah. Get the dynamics, kind of push a Game of Thrones style political story. Get Attack lots of. Um, basically, right? From, yeah. From Nintendo, right? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. You know, and then this is Nintendo's time to, you know, Fire Emblem Engage. They had something going on with MILFs. They've always got, you know, titties all over the place to the max you got to have this succeed and that's the key so don't be afraid of the fan service with this i'm here for it. i'm here for all of it i'd love it uh you know those games practically are just playable anime tactical anime as they are so just go and make the actual anime i think that'd be great you don't even have to make it based on a game you can just make a fire emblem anime that's its own story that's in that style the other one going to be contentious in this crowd uh xenoblade make the xenoblade anime so mm. i don't have to play the games because mm. i'm wow. i've tried twice now to get into these games and i'm just not into the combat but i'm mm. interested in the story and the lore and the world and i'm not the type of person that's going to watch a 14 hour youtube video I'm just not make up oh, beaut- unless it's about chris chan uh, that's, well, that's episodic. <laughs> they, they bring that up. Uh, but man, I guess you're right about that. But, Boom. um, but yeah, make a beautiful animated multi-season approach to Xenoblade Chronicles. I think that that would be super cool. But, uh, so yeah, those are my two. More I, like, I like it. And there's something about Nintendo doing, I'm not, I'm not sure you're su- suggesting, especially for Fire Emblem, like a naughty anime, like a little naughtier no. than Pokemon. Just as uh, naughty as the current Fire Emblem games are. Okay, you know? so just like a li- yeah. maybe a little cheesecake-ish, but light. Cheesecake light. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, know, yeah, I feel yeah. like Nintendo could, what's the most cheesecakey thing they have? Bay- Bayonetta, right? Arguably, yeah. maybe, currently. Well, maybe take it to like that teen level 
anime. They don't really. I think anime with Nintendo. You think Pokemon? It's very. Right. It's very innocent. It's very G rated. Right? Maybe mm. get get up into that PG thirteen rated anime thing, Nintendo. You leaving yeah. money on the table there? You know, my it's big all example. Line. I, I mean, I brought up the mill. I brought up the milfs. I'll bring them up again. The moms in Fire Emblem Engage <laughs> are just hotter than you think they should be. It's not even just the moms. All right. Yeah. There's a guy. All right. As everybody know, Dagan, what's that David Bowie movie where he's got like oh, the real big crotch? All right. Oh, Labyrinth. There's a Hell, guy yeah. in Fire Emblem Engage, though, Dustin. I don't know if you I don't know if you noticed this, but I know right away that like they had they did that. I'm ready to search. And there's there's I, multiple I like I can't remember his name. He's wearing like brown pants and a shield. And this dude's just got a crotch on him. All right. And I'm like, what did you do? It's weird. I even showed Colin. I was like, look at this. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, it's weird. They did something with Engage. They did something. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know what, mm. but they did something. I searched Fire Emblem Engage crotch. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, the results are tame, but I'm not getting <laughs> what I requested either. Try cod piece. Mm. Oh, man. I don't remember what his name is because, you know, he's a very forgettable character. Like, he kind of sucks, and I don't play him very often. Because, but he's got like, on my dong. Blood- you know he's 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 got a crotch i'll send you a photo later because like i just i can't remember what the hell this guy's name is maybe i'll google the cast yeah yeah he's not coming up for me is he no wait oh no that's a fan that's fan art oh god (laughs) i've seen too much easy there (laughs) (laughs) oh man gotta watch Uh, a deviant art link you know and while while we talk about this though i'm gonna say live action bayonetta gotta have tina fey gotta okay the mm. guy's it's fire emblem his name is it's boucheron is the character but i don't know if there's any good Ooh. photos of showing like there's they're not showing it oh like they're not they're not showing it like i cannot describe oh, it guy. to you but like this guy's got something going on in this game and He's i don't know for days they they, shat, <laughs> they, 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 they they like sell shaded it all right like it's pronounced because i took a screenshot just because i was like colin like i'm not making this up i, I look love at this it. they lit it it was, they it was horrible it. this mm. might be i mean it's fodder. great but this could be punching up 14 thumbnail material <laughs> no <laughs> could be just saying i'll send you the screenshot dustin okay good. <laughs> very good and gene what about you my friend where are you, where are you going with this there's a myriad of directions sky's yeah. the limit yeah, everyone's already had such such good ideas. So I feel like I'm only left with you know Splatoon, Splatoon J-pop, which yeah. they which oh. they've been doing, you know. But if they just really lean into that, like you know, that's why I was really disappointed with Nintendo Live. They only had like you know, your Zelda Orchestra or whatever like that. It's like it was so Western, you know. <laughs> um, I, I, I want I want to lean into to J-pop, and you know, yeah, the lyrics are gibberish. But have you heard like? music today it's mostly gibberish (laughs) you know i feel like it totally fits you know very dissonant sounds and like you know just like you know and it's like that's that sounds an old man for me to say that most music sounds like today but you know it's mumble rap yeah it's mumble rap a little bit you know but it's squid rap you know so that's all i got Fair enough. No, well done. Well done. Nintendo, you can have these ideas only if you pay us. Yeah. That's the absolutely. Yeah. We'll do anything. Just get in for contact, money. you know, reach, reach <laughs> out. <Get us> <laughs> 
All right. Well, Dagan, I, uh, is there anything else or is that a. Uh, no, like, I just want to oh. say Micah's got a knack for casting. I don't know if Nintendo <laughs> wants to give you a ring or what. Tina Fey, Bayonetta, that's just. I don't know. That just I hit. really feel like that could work. That's like, really genuinely. It's really it's offbeat, but it just it works. You know, I like it. Yeah, very nice. Very nice, you guys. Well, thank you, Dag. I appreciate that. A nice, nice little oasis from uh, the rest of the show. Not that we need you know, not, it. Makes it sound horrible <laughs> or something, but <laughs> some way to change like, it up. Dear God, I needed a break from that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Ugh. Let's get into what we've been playing and i'll go first since it's just brief still playing alan wake 2 quite a bit uh last night it jump scared me real real good i was like you motherfucker when i was playing i was where where are you what 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 uh what what building (laughs) i'm trying to i want to people are so sensitive about spoilers i was in i finished the chapter that involves the theme park Mm, okay yeah uh, particularly the end of that chapter was very creepy. Keep hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. The other thing about I want to just speak on briefly is Super Mario Wonder. I am so close to being done. I am on the very, very last level. So I've technically completed the game and I have all the flagpoles. I've got all the coins. I've got all the bonus stuff. I'm in the the extra world, at, you know, and I won't say too much about it, but I am literally on the very, very, very last thing. And it's very, very difficult. <laughs> and oh, I keep wow. running out of luck, dude. It, the the final, the extra bonus levels of this game are very tough. Uh, probably for some hardcore Mario players that, you know, stream crazy Mario Maker level stuff. It's probably not that bad. I'm finding them to be very tough, but I've done all of them. So I've, I'm, I've succeeded so far. I just there's like I said, one left and then I'll have 100 percented the game completely. I've wow, done that's impressive. Everything. That's so I impressive. need to finish that. And then, of course, Super Mario RPG is coming out this Friday. So I'll be ready to go back to back Mario. Sweet. Micah, let's throw this over to you with uh, Fire Emblem Engage and also Mario Wonder. Yes. Yeah. So Fire Emblem Engage been going well i'm gonna say it the story's a little stupid compared to other fire emblem games that i've played it's like the gameplay is really enjoyable and that's what i'm here for but it's really like the dialogue in this one is just noticeably not that good and i don't even mean like the voice acting like just the dialogue in this game is not great i'm still having a lot of fun with it because i just love these tactical games they really do just like hold my attention better than some other like formats for playing games i don't know what it is but just the for me that really just does like keep my attention span but man the dialogue is just bad at times and i like they'll just some of the catchphrases the characters have just don't make any sense like it's it's just bizarre. Like you, you'll you'll murder an enemy and they'll be like, I'll never forget you. And it's like, what? Like, first of all, we don't know this guy. This is like some random archer. Secondly, like they were trying to kill us. So like maybe do forget like this is stuff like that. That was like, these are weird lines. Instead of saying like you died honorably, like they're like, say weird shit. It's, it's just a little <laughs> odd, but that's been fine. I genuinely, though, I have new Joy-Cons coming today because Mm. I was struggling heavily with Mario Wonder. And I was like, this is weird that I'm like this bad at this game, right? So I took a break from it, went back to Fire Emblem. 
And I realized that the Joy-Con drift, like I, I am genuinely blaming it on that. The Joy-Con drift at this point is so bad. I will select like my little tile and Fire Emblem and then the cursor will suddenly just move like 20 tiles oh, like the other direction. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was this bad until I actually was playing a game that was slowed down and I could see like I'm not in control right now because I was playing Mario and thinking like, I can't be this bad at this game, man. Like I'm in the early levels and like it's impossible. And I'm like, how is everyone saying that this game like isn't so bad? But once I put back to the Fire Emblem and I saw that, like, I don't have control of my cursor and it's like, you know, it's the left analog stick is like all fucked up. And I'm like, oh, all right, maybe it's not totally my fault. So I have new Joy-Cons coming today, which I'm very excited about. I got the pastel pink and yellow ones, which was a tough choice. Nice. There's a lot of great colors of Joy-Cons out right now. I'm going to retire my watermelon set, the pink and green ones, but... Yeah, uh, I'm excited to try Mario Wonder again. Watch it be that I was just that bad. But <laughs> you know, once I popped that Fire Emblem cartridge back in, I saw the cursor just like flying around the field of play. I was like, oh, this was maybe not entirely my fault. Because I really did just feel like I had no control over Mario and I was, didn't know why. And I think it was just that my Joy-Cons are finally dead. I was trying to hold out. I was really trying to hold out and not buy new ones, but it's... It's at this point impossible to actually play the games and enjoy them in handheld mode because my Joy-Cons are just so bad now. But that, yeah, that's what I've been playing. And I've been putting off starting Dave the Diver because of this Joy-Con issue. Like once I realized how bad they mm. were, I was like, I'm not doing this thing where you're kind of like timed and you're trying to catch your fish. And like, I don't want to get that frustrated with it. So I'm like putting that off until I get these new Joy-Cons, which should arrive today. Nice. Yeah, getting fresh Joy-Cons, nice feeling, always. Uh, Dig, you're also now, you're joining the Alan Wake 2 crew. Yeah. With, uh, with Gene and I. How's it going so far? Oh, for the pot, I'm not going to make the podcast. Oh, dang, dude. Oh, I know. The sa- I was so sad. The Sacred Symbols conversation soon to, is it today or tomorrow it is, right? I don't think I, it's scheduled yet. Oh, it's so not No, we're, we're not playing on that yet. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah, you maybe could time. still make it. I mean, I'm I don't know how far I am, honestly, yet. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too far. I'm a couple of hours in. I told Colin last week, I said, I don't think I'm gonna make it just due to my workload on the commercials I'm animating right now. But dude, the game is so friggin' good. But I can't, you know, I, I can't say that much. I won't say that much to spoil it, but I'm really also not that far in. But dude, Super Mario Wonder. It's so I'm so glad it lived up to my expectations. I was just ready for a 2D Mario game. I think it's just so much fun. I mean, you could say a lot of things about it. It's very reverent to traditional 2D Mario. It it's very referential. Like I could see some Mario 2 in there. I could see some Mario 3 for sure. There's some Super Mario World in there. Like there's a there's a and but it's also very new. There's a lot. There's a lot of enemies. There's a lot of various sort of level formats it it throws a lot at you my only problem with it was that i did find it now i should say how far along i'm on i'm currently in the process of going for the last royal seed so i'm pretty far along and then i have i have some other stuff to do but i found it pretty easy a little too easy. What I like about it, though, is that you could make it harder just by not using the badges. If you don't use the badges 
and plug specific badges into specific levels like I think is intended, then you can make it a little harder for yourself. I don't think it's easy. It's all easy. There are some levels in there that are a little trickier, but I'm going, I, my initial sort of strategy was going to be just to get through it so I could talk about it from A to Z and then go back a second time and be like a completionist. But I liked it so much, so fast that I was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to go and savor it. I'm going to get every wonder seed. I'm not just going to get enough to unlock each thing. I'm just going to go through and just be a completionist for once. And I'm enjoying it. Just taking my time with it, savoring it. It's so fluid. It's just a really beautifully designed Mario game, you know, for those who haven't started to tackle yet. And it's nice to get that little extra visual flair like a little fuller animations with them going through the warp pipe. And just if you're kind of a nerd with the aesthetic thing, I think it's it's sort of old school 2D Mario on steroids, which is really fun. And it just makes me smile. I play as Toad because I think he's hilarious. I just love him screaming and shit like that. You know, like, <laughs> okay, and everything. It's just like hilarious. I just keep laughing out loud as I'm playing. It's just kind of like delightful. You know, I'm 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 kind of sad. I'm kind of sad that it's going to end at some point. Let's put it that way. And Prince Florian, come on, man. Where that's oh, yeah. got to be the next amiibo, right? He's like, come on, this guy. He's, he's so ama- cute. He's incredible. Like immediately loved him. Immediately <laughs> was like, I'd protect him with my life. All right, like immediately. He is so. But the, can I just say though? I know this is going to be a little bit divisive. Flower guy, I want to step on him. I, I can't stand no. him. I can't stand that guy. I, is he supposed to be? Me and my son were having this debate. Is he supposed to be like? Does he have that brainy Smurf energy where he's just like supposed to be <laughs> annoying? I don't know. The, yeah. the only thing that bothers me about it is that the flower repeats the phrase so much that it's like it, it's one thing if you like you say it when you approach the flower but it's like look man i'm bad at this game i fell off that ledge three times i didn't want to hear you say it three times yeah. like every time i fall off the ledge and i'm back at the flower and he's like howdy and it's like no all right it. like that so I, I do wish it didn't say the phrase like every time you approached it because i'm <laughs> i'm redoing these stages a lot it could be the repetition maybe it's not the know-it-all energy maybe it's the repetition of the yeah that's the only but that's it i mean i don't really have anything i mean i'm being being funny about it obviously but dude the game is just so i haven't heard anything bad about it have you guys heard anybody be like this game is the worst this game is terrible no No. is that a thing no i haven't heard anyone should talk (laughs) rightfully so because they would be immediately killed I mean, I'd be the one killing him too. I mean, I'll put the bullet in. I'm not afraid. It's so I do that for my boy, you know, Mario. But yeah, it's just uh, it really is. I am so happy it uh, got nominated for Game of the Year. Not that that it's like not that that's validation, but it is good to see acknowledged, of course. Yeah, it had to live up and it had to live up to the hype. They knew that. But I I just love that it kind of plays on everything we love about Mario, classic Mario. But it's. It gives a lot of new things too. There's a lot of new ideas in this that I haven't seen yet. My son was arguing with me about the Z-axis thing, like the character going deep into the foreground and playing it really little and then coming into the foreground. And mm-hmm. I was like, that is that just that idea of playing his little miniature toad way in the background just tickled me. 
And he was like, that's been done before in Mario. And I'm like, no, it hasn't. Can you guys kind of weigh in on this argument? Because I argued that that was never a thing where you take the warp pipe and now you're in the background, sometimes even silhouetted. You're so tiny, right? I was just, it's just little things like that, that you tie in that are just like, for me, it's, those are the ideas that you want from a Mario game where it's like, oh shit, you know, or platforms that form and then disappear or platforms that, you know, like the different little dynamics that just make a level kind of sing that hasn't been done before. And then they may use it one time. It's like, holy shit, that idea was so good. And then it's just concept after concept. They didn't rest on their laurels, I really think, is what I'm saying. Like, they took yeah. classic Mario, but they also put a lot of new stuff in there. So, yeah, man. It's, and it's, I think it's, it really hits a sweet spot in terms of how long it is and how much you could do and secrets. Like, they just, they really hit the nail on the head. Nice. And then also Final Fantasy IV. You're, you're yeah. getting back. I was wondering. I was like, it's been a while for knockback. Yes. Doing the Final Fantasy games. this is Fantasy an important games. one. This was like Final Fantasy IV is for Colin and I, like it's one of our favorites of all time. It's my first favorite JRPG for sure. Still one of my all-time favorites. And it was one of those episodes that we knew we were going to do all along, but it was like, it was like talking about the first Star Wars film. It was like, we're just going to let, we're just going to let that one marinate for a while. <clears throat> we're never... We're just going to keep and Final Fantasy six, which we're slowly getting to where it's like that is such an important pop culture moment for us, you know, but it's time and we're, we have to, you know, we have to do it now. And that's going to be a 40 hour game for me. I don't think it should really take that long, but that's just the speed I go out with it. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing it in three weeks, three nice. weeks ish. So yeah, yeah, got my hands full. Look forward to that on knockback. Gene, I want to start by reading you a question here from Alec, who says, hey, fisting verticals. This question is for Gene specifically. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Steam Deck OLED. I knew the deck would be getting a revision like this eventually, and I'm glad I waited to get one. But if you don't mind going into detail, how are you liking it compared to the original one? How do you think Nintendo and Valve could continue this seemingly copying homework style of back and forth iteration into each of their next pieces of hardware. Thanks. So yeah, Gene, you got a Steam Deck OLED. I want to bring this up during this show just because it really is. That was the main thing about getting the Steam Deck for me is that it's painful after having the Switch OLED that the Steam Deck had that stinky screen. Mm-hmm. that just sucks compared to the Switch OLED. And now there's the they fixed that problem. So how are you enjoying it? It's uh, gorgeous. Please go re- read my review at the WashingtonPost.com. You can just Google Gene Park Steam Deck Washington Post. Or if you can put it a link in the uh, description, that'd be great. But um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's uh, I, I think it is uh, if if I just bought a Steam Deck and well, you, you would have to buy a Steam Deck in the last year. I would want to upgrade to this one, you know, um, it's noticeably brighter. Um, Liza P looks beautiful on the OLED screen, you know. Uh, every time you heal, the, the little psh like that, like like the little sparkles look great. Um, it is noticeably lighter when you when you pick it up. You're gonna feel the difference right away. It's, it, it is definitely much lighter, and and that paired with the much be- better battery life is gonna, gonna gonna really really make for some really long sessions. You know, 
Um, the battery life is tremendous. Like last night I was playing it and I was playing uh, Dark Souls 1 and it showed my battery life at six hours left at 80%. Oh, wow. That's huge. That's a, that's a lot of... That, that, that blows away the Switch's battery life, you know? Because yeah, with, the, with, the, with the Switch, you might be playing Dark Souls 1 at 30 FPS for, you know, like three hours at most. Yeah, I would say three. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it's fantastic. That's what I'm playing right now. And Alan Week 2, that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I'm conflicted about the Steam Deck OLED because I bought a Steam Deck closer to when they came out. Not immediately, but... And I don't use it very much. But yet, I still want the OLED version. Because I was trying to figure out, do I not use it because I think the screen is stinky or just because it doesn't really fit in my life? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm going to hold off for now, yeah. but it looks so fucking nice. You don't really need one if you already have one, right? Yeah. But. So sell the other one. But yeah, if you can, if you can sell the other one for a decent price and get, and get it for, and get it for like a hundred, $200 upgrade, totally yeah. worth it. Cause it's not just the screen. It's a battery life too. It's a, it's a weight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll get tempted later on. We'll see, but I'll, I will uh, avoid for now. Very happy. And I dude, just, it's about the games for me is that like Mario RPG is coming out. If I were to leave my house on a trip <clears throat> this weekend, I'm taking just my switch. Oh yeah. Because I'm playing Mario RPG too. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll oh, be able nice. to talk about that Ooh. next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I, I narrowed this down just to one listener question to kind of end off our, uh, our episode here. This comes from Cormac, who says, what's the is this crake crack, folks? I don't know what he's trying to say here. (laughs) Simple question with the switch coming to its end. What's your number one random game that everyone should try? Not the usual Zeldas, Mario's, etc. Hidden gem of sorts. Mine would be Night in the Woods. What's yours? This is from Cormac Mm. from Ireland. So I guess a, a non-traditional game that everyone should that everyone should play. And I guess, you know, he says Night in the Woods, which is not console exclusive. So it really can be whatever you want. Micah, what's your hidden gem recommendation? Oh, yeah. Immediate thought is The Liar Princess and The Blind Prince, which is a delightful little like side scrolling game, which is not usually my type of game. But this one is presented in like a storybook style. So like as you approach the edge of the screen, like a page turns and you're on the next like screen. Right. And it's just the, the story behind the game is very cute, very heartwarming story. This is like family appropriate, something, though, that maybe the kids might need a little help with. So like it's a game that is challenging enough for an adult with some of like the puzzles, some of like the platforming aspects, but definitely still family friendly. And it is like, it's one of the games that like made me cry because like the story was just that good in this little gem of like an adventure. Their follow-up game, which was, I think the cruel King and the great hero was not as good, mm. which was a huge disappointment to me because I was like really amped when they announced it. But uh, yeah, liar princess and the blind prince, it's just a very cute little game I, and it's pretty short. I think it might be like an maybe eight hours or less to get through that game. Uh, it's just one that I 
wholeheartedly recommend for like a weekend, you know, title to get through or yeah, like an airplane type game because it it really doesn't show you you wouldn't expect it to have such a great story is what I want to say. Yeah. Like the the presentation is very cute. It kind of reminds me of like uh, where the wild things are type like little scratchy little animations. But it is just like it's hiding this fantastic story that I totally wish more people had played. Gene, what's your recommended hidden gem that everyone should play on the Switch? I mention this all the time, but um, it's Astral Chain, right? Like, mm. I keep saying that every week, I think. Um, but so besides Astral Chain, which is, uh, I think, next to Fire Rush, the most innovative like character action game in the last few years. Um, there's another one called Going Under by Agro, Agro Crab, Crab Games. It's an indie studio. And it's about being an intern at a, at, a, at a tech startup. And it's basically a roguelite dungeon crawler um, where you play as an intern and, and you go to like, you know, like the offices and you fight like other people. It's pretty, it's actually pretty tough. It's actually really, really hard. It, it sounds like whimsical and cute, but it's, it's a tough game. Um, and it took me a while to beat it actually. Um, but so, so it's, if you want a, a challenging roguelite, with like really good music and like interesting graphics, check check that out. I and mean, it's for the Switch too. Dave, what about for you? These are good suggestions, man. You guys are filling up my my already full backlog. These are amazing. I was just looking at Cormac's suggestion, Night in the Woods. I remember when this game came out, wanting to play it. I forgot all about it because I think this game is illustrated by this guy Scott Benson. I really like his artwork, and I just like. The vibe, it has a very children's book illustration vibe to the to the aesthetic. It looks really neat. You know what the first game I thought of when I saw this in your in your doc for the week, Duck Dust, was um, I know it's not like it's a game a lot of people know, but I just feel like it never got its flowers. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think, Snipper Clips. And oh. No, no, not Snipper Clips. I love no. it so much. I think this is what it was, Micah. You and I were kind of uh going toe-to-toe with this one. I it love makes it me so, so anxious. It, it is anxiety <laughs> inducing. And I wonder if it had a, a weird effect on my son because I, 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 I don't want to say I forced him to play. That sounds terrible. But like l- early on in the Switch, there wasn't that much out. I remember getting this game, not just thinking it looked cute, you know, from the, from the box, from the box art or whatever. Getting home and like we teamed up on it. And I felt like, oh my, you know, I don't even know how old Graydon was back then, eight nine whatever i was like oh my kid's smart like he's he's doing these puzzles with me sometimes he's even helping like more than i'm he's even smarter than me like which is not hard to do but he was young but i just feel like i never hear anything about it you know i almost feel i know nintendo didn't develop the game but i almost feel like it's it's an ip worth revisiting you know it's just i don't know there's just something special about it there were two games though that i felt are like low-key games there was one game i remember a long time ago my friend and i who's also an old man we were talking about the old like bullet hell shooters and like the arcade shooters like the space shooters think gradius or r type that type of thing and he was like dude there's a really good one on the switch and i remember i remembered i had to go back and look it's called drainus i don't know who develops it but it really is like a frenetic bullet hell shooter like old school super quarter muncher awesome power ups very colorful very difficult so if you like that style and it was new so it had it was 2d very 16 bit but it had that overlay of like modern effects almost like a mario wonder where it's like a 2d game on steroids type thing i thought that was cool 
And I remember when my son was little, kind of wanting to expose him to the Metroidvania genre. And I was, I, I remember what it was. I was specifically trying to get him ready for playing Symphony of the Night. And so mm. I was showing him things like Hollow Knight and stuff like that. And there was this one that we found on Switch and it was called Haiku the Robot. And it's it's really cute. I was just looking at some clips of it. It's just remembering it's this adorable, adorable, whimsical little Metroidvania, kind of tough. But you just play as this cute little chibi robot character and just go on your adventures. And again, it's a game I've never really seen get a lot of exposure, never really got any flowers, but it was really fun. And probably a little indie developer. I don't remember, but definitely worth playing and long and a lot of bang for your buck, you know, and just w- one of those games that got lost in the shuffle, you know, which I feel like something about the s- sort of the switch that that just happens on there. There's a lot of good stuff that comes and goes under the radar on that specific ecosphere, which is I thought I, I think is a little unfortunate. So it's worth exploring. But those two games, Drainus and Haiku the Robot, they were both super fun games that I'd never seen mentioned anywhere. The two that I have, I have one bad answer and one good answer. The bad answer (laughs) is Neon White, which Mm -hmm. I don't recommend you play on the Switch because I'm sure it's it's a super fast-paced, first-person, very kinetic puzzle game that I absolutely love the gameplay. The story... I skipped all of it. It's like kind of you know visual novel that it's a weird dynamic they have going on. So neon white, not enough people played that it's available on switch, but I would recommend it on a more powerful console. If you have one, my good answer that I think is actually great for switch. And honestly, a game I haven't finished fully, but what I played of it, I absolutely loved is an RPG game called West of loathing which it's a super simplistic stick figure RPG in the West, the wild West. And it's very silly and funny. And I haven't played it in a lot of years now, but I, I remember thinking like, why is no one talking about this game? West of loathing. It's that's a great title. Yeah. Well, they, um, West of loathing. I think they have that developer. The developer is called asymmetric. (laughs) And, they started with an online game called uh, Kingdom of Loathing. And I don't know much about that, but eventually they came out with West of Loathing. And their new game is called Shadows of Loathing. And oh, I guess that's already out. That came out last year. I've not checked that out. So set in a 1920s Lovecraftian setting. Oh, that sounds. Dude, this, this, this game looks amazing. Have you? Are you looking at the. I'm looking at it's like West of Loathing right now. Okay, yeah, but it's just like stick figure. Yeah, guys. yeah. How is it? Is it long? Is it? Does it take hours to beat these games? Uh, let's see. Time to beat, or how long to beat? I am trying to remember because, like I said, I did not finish it, but I want to. That's one of those many games where it just like gets away. You can beat West of Loathing in seven hours. Okay, seven so pretty long. So not too bad. Not too bad. So. That's a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah, cool. This game looks hilarious. So guys, I guess that's it for this week's punching up. A man, a jam-packed full episode with tons of stuff. Of course, the Zelda movie being thing something that we're gonna be talking about for weeks to come. But uh yeah, let's quickly we'll just go around the horn one last time. If you have any final thoughts, if there's anything you gotta get off your chest before we go. 
Micah, let's start with you. Any final closing thoughts? The last thing I want to say in regards to the Zelda movie, I really hope Steve Harvey like embraces like the full nudity aspect of uh. being Ganon. I hope we get a full frontal from him as Ganon, not because I it, I just think it would add to the movie itself. I think it's a necessary requirement if he wants to put on the mantle of Ganon. That's all I'm going to say. Full frontal I mean, and rock hard. <laughs> oh, what were you saying, Gene, about Dong? Ganon Dong, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Ganon Dong and Master Cheeks. They can we can start a oh. new crew here of all the nude video game characters. It's perfect. Dagan, closing comments. I just want to say, if me and Micah get the Nintendo Sesame Street series, I may have to resign from punching up. Oh. It's going to be busy. We're going to be really doing a lot. We got we, we got live action. We got animation. We got puppets. We got people dressed as Kirby, Kirby costumes. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a lot. But yeah. uh, I'll stick with punching up as long as I, until that happens. Yeah, that would actually that would be me fulfilling my dream of ever being on Zoom, that old PBS show. Dude, I always wanted to be one of the I always wanted to be buzzed. When you were talking about crafts, right? I thought about Zoom. <laughs> I loved Zoom. I always wanted to be on it. If I ever got to be like one of the adults on, you know, like I'm Mr. Hooper. If I ever got to do one of those type of things, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Like that'd be fantastic to be like the adult on a kid's show. I think you got something with this. I just do. And I mean, if not, if that doesn't work out, Micah, you could go into casting for sure. I mean, who thought Steve Harvey, when you first said it, I went from like dubious to being like, it's got to be Steve Harvey, like in in the span (laughs) of like 10 seconds. Anyone else and I'll be disappointed. <laughs> Gene, any closing thoughts? You know, all this talk about Sesame Street reminds me that I've actually met Cookie Monster before. Really? Yeah. Wow. He actually stopped by the Washington Post newsroom and then we did a video. And then so that's what happens when like, you know, the, the, the talent becomes Cookie Monster that you, you don't interact with anyone else. Like you are you are talking to Cookie Monster and that's like really cool like it's a really cool experience to have so you know so yeah no, that, that sounds that, that, awesome that's, that's definitely another notch to my you know like random people genius met i haven't met body codic <laughs> but i've met a, a much better person <laughs> that, that's more that's cookie more monster. important i'll give you guys some cookie monster trivia since working at sesame street for so long his eye this is going to be weird because it's going to be flipped when i show you but see his pupils one's lower and one's higher mm-hmm. yeah if yeah. it's ever reversed it's off model his oh, really his right pupil always has to be lower than his left pupil interesting and it oh. can't be flipped if you ever see it flipped it was flipped you know inadvertently and it shouldn't have been yeah i love little like trivia like that like like how mickey mouse you you he, he always has to be drawn with two ears you know like yeah it, it can't be sideways and it's like a oh, proper it, it perspective like, yeah it, like every angle has to be two years right two year, right yeah that, right yeah good parallel gene not bad yeah. my friend All right, everybody. Well, thank you again for hanging out with us. We'll be back soon with another episode. We'll be able to talk all about Super Mario RPG. I'm very, very excited. And uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. See you next time. Goodbye. Punching Up, a Nintendo podcast, is a product of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is proudly recorded in the USA. The show is written and produced by me, Dustin Furman. My co-hosts are Gene Park, Dagan Moriarty, and Micah Watson. The show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. 
Punching Up, along with the rest of Last Stand Media shows, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer level on Patreon, our highest tier, and we're grateful for your kind contributions and generosity to our independent endeavor. Thank you. William Holbert, Ross Marenko, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, SL the FMA, Daniel D'Amore, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Malachi Wall, Dave Cowell, Donald John Vader, Stephen Innerfield, Kyle Johnson, Enucleator, Daniel Beresford, Brian Williamson, Jorge Padua, Vance Cody, Rallo, Mr. Ayub, Casey Raymond, Denny Sniperteeth, Extian, Magic Marker 215, Adam Tabiat, Jordan Vallett, Ross R. Lowe, Kevin Hawley, Hugo Delaguia, Austin Lipka, Paul Warren, Harold Eustache, Will Williams, Dino Roar, Nichols Renaud, Shane Breck, Sean Llewellyn, Michael Mash Potato, Sweaty Magic, Nate Izod, Hargeet Chani, Ellis, Albion, Josh Sullinger, Andrew Roman, Jacob Donovan, Dark Archer SC, My Name is Mayo, Jason Arzan, Sean Hatfield, Christopher Nock, Ryan Daly, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Steve Stompy, Sword of Serious Gaming, Mark Arnold, Whiskey Sin, Zia Parrick, Sean Miles, Relentless Rex, Alan Tuniak, Dustin Klingman, Christian R., Jad Rita, Patrick Skipper, Jacob Hancock, Luke Aldersley, Dustin Graff, Zach Cohen, Peyton Stone, Foz. Bear, Michael Buffel, Dan Root, Asak Paredes, Talisman, Christopher Morgan, Randall Halsey, Dio or Die, T-Bone 007, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Betty Ann Moriarty, Travis, Joe, Ross Chandler, H-Trons, Antonio C, Ryan, Jay Getter, Bjorn Campbell, Theo, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Jordan Gale, Of Fortuna, John Zile, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Alex Lapierre, Saul Balcazar, Raul Melendez, Matt Flowers, Kinnums, Joseph Baker, Kendrick Caius, Jimmy Rodriguez, Rockin' Ace, Dave Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Adam Hall, Mason Cadillac, Ali Fritz, Anthony Marola, Saqib Alam, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Toby Ryland, Stewie108, Andy Miller, Patrick Montgomery, Richter86, Derek Wechter, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Joel Holcomb, Johnny Waffles, Roto24, Jonathan Coates, Logan Sharp, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chand, Organic Produce, Carlos Algrid, Mike Menzel, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Jush, Martin Beck, Jerome Ferreira, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Lou and Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, John Schultz, Tom Quinn, Anton Kay, Alan Tremblay, Ryan T. Mandel, Pork and Beans, Jean-Francois Forzi, Tony Zaniga, Robbie Hensley, Shane Miller, Alex Cabrera, Corey Dustin, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vazquez, Adam Kiniston, William O'Carroll, Bo, Jorge Pal, Cannonball Jones, Thomas Sablin, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alexander Scott, Scott Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Joey Gontoliger, Alex Monez, Gerald Pennington, Justin Payne, Justin Wagaman, Austin Riley, Paul Joyce, Alan Hopkins, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Shane Rayum, Don Lee, John Cordero, Ashley Carlson, Marius Garson-Peterson, Tyler Harris, Kyle Martin, Madmock Media, Bull Burkholtz, and Jonathan Rice.